welcome to another episode of Mildly Heroic, Visions of Fangar, following the Iron Fang Invasion Pathfinder Adventure. Ah, yes, that's a good one. Uh, Yosef, bring me another round, will you, lad? Ah, let's see. Where were we? Hmm. Oh, yes, the farm. Our heroes rested at an abandoned farm, but the next morning, they set out to return to their camp. After checking in with the Fiendor survivors and speaking with Oberyn, they ventured forth back into the wilds in search of the ranger's redoubt. Little did they know of the dangers they would encounter. They soon found themselves in an unsettling marshy area. All the birds and wildlife were quiet. The party cautiously approaches a nearby cabin, but Nayari makes an unsettling discovery. As you're walking down this trail, you are looking at these webs and you're assuming that they're just like normal webs and whatnot, and you're walking down the trail, and as you get that far, you step in a particularly thick web that attaches to your leg, so as you continue, you just collapse (laughs) and fall, and uh, you are entangled. From the webs come a couple creatures. These are giant spiders. This creature is known as an ettercap. Uh, beware! These are ethercaps! They have poison! Our heroes battled the spiders and horrifying beast. Volus and Nayari managed to quickly slay both of the crawlies. The bear swipes viciously with his claws to take down the first, and joins Nayari in cutting down the other. Orin bravely draws the ettercap's attention with his sturdy dwarven fortitude. Finally, the battle is brought to an epic conclusion as Nayari rends the beast with a mighty swing of her battle axe. So she's facing the spider, and as it goes down, she just, like, whips around and, like, takes a big step, and just part of her whip is just, like, comes around with her axe and just cleaves the thing right in two. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm, I stop raging, and, like, after that hit, she just kind of, like, bends over and, like, puts her hands on her knees and is just, like, breathing really hard and effectively for a minute. Next, the party explores the Ranger Redoubt cabin, uncovering a half-burnt letter with an encoded message. Our heroes decide to rest for the night, settle a few differences, and discover a little bit about each other. Nayari will kind of look at Orin and say, It's been some time and I haven't brought this up, but I know that there was some issues with that shield back in Feindar, and I, I, I don't understand. I don't know what that means to you, and in the moment it was hard to to understand your feelings about it, but would you explain to me why you were so averse to me using it? Orin will look up from eating his food and look at Volus and Nayari and Lassie, it just it—it's the hated enemy of the dwarves. They—they they 
they hunt us, they enslave us, they they create false goods. They're, they're the most evil, evil representation against the dwarves, and and it's 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 completely against what what we believe in. And, and so I, I could not let you use that shield. It egregious beyond belief. Well, that's good to know. I, I don't know the gods very much. I don't want it to cause any tension. I don't want to offend you in any way. So all I ask is that you just help me in the future with things like this because I don't understand. Aiden, I'm assuming, will kind of have been like awkwardly eating <laughs> while, while they're just kind of like fighting around. He's kind of like, really just in the room, just yeah. <laughs> he's got like a bowl of cereal, you know, like you know, sitting, staring just, at the wall, just eating. He's just, he's just like, uh, Polis uh, isn't um, looking at anything but the food in your hand. Nyari is just, he's just <laughs> like, like, like looking conversation. I just without looking, just handing to Polis, <laughs> just <laughs> handing food over to him. But he is interested in the conversation. Um, and even though he doesn't know many of the dwarven guys, he does respect some, and so he'll he'll chime in. You know, I know about the gods. My uh, grandfather, the priest Feindar, he he taught me well. They are not just real Niadi; they affect our lives, and there is cause to like some and to hate even others. So maybe it is something you learn about. The next day. They set out again to explore, this time stumbling upon a friendly centaur. Uh, hello, travelers. Uh, I do not uh, see many people in this part of the Fangwood, especially not of your kind. And he looks at you guys and he says, uh, Can I help you? What are you doing in this area? Would you like to join me for a meal? Aiden, before um, apologizing to, for having to leave quickly, will ask humbly as if you can, but I'm sure it comes across poorly. Do you have any supplies you could part with? Anything you could, you could help? You know, these people are really hurting. He says, of course, yes, I've got I've got plenty of supplies. Well, not plenty. I've got enough for myself, but it, it'll probably last you folks a couple days. Uh, I was going to have him joke about how since he's a horse, he eats more than you guys, but I'm not sure how to have that joke land, so we can <laughs> pretend that it was funny. And- no, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll chuckle and then make Probably an unintentionally racist, but a passing remark. Like, yeah, Jasper eats a bunch. <laughs> he, he only needs speed, yeah. kind of thing. But it, it probably leaves like a poor taste. It's like, I'm not a horse. I am a centaur. <laughs> you know, kind of feeling. Yeah, so he he opens up that sack and he takes out. So he has a sack full of, like, again, apples and whatnot. He takes about maybe. <laughs> uh, he'll take a quarter of them for himself and he'll let you guys take the other three quarters that he had with him. After departing from their new friend, the party begins their march west, in search of a hunter's cabin. They set up camp for the night, and partake of the apples the generous centaur provided. Suddenly, Nayari and Volus fall unconscious, and in the midst of the confusion, Theros hears the thundering of centaur hooves charging. But what will happen next? I guess you'll have to wait and see. So, Oren and Theros can roll perception checks. I had Aiden roll perception check, and he failed against. Uh, you had me roll pool. one, and I, I you had Theros it. roll as well, and he passed. Okay. Okay. So, Oren can roll a perception check. Okay. 
I don't actually remember what I rolled. Uh, 25. It was either 24 or 25. Because I rolled 25 for initiative. Uh, for I remember stuff? that Andrew rolled a 27 and won it by one. By one? Okay. That makes so sense. Wait. It was a, oh, for initiative? For his stealth, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, no, I don't remember what he rolled, but he has a, a pretty pretty killer stealth modifier. I will so. once again advocate. He is running with a horse's gallop. So maybe, maybe that. Well, he started running with a horse's gallop. This I'm is sorry, he's a stealthy horse? Yeah, horses can yep. be stealthy. Yeah, he's got, a, I think, a plus nine stealth or something like that. Were you intending to perpetuate further centaur stereotypes? I was, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> First the lizard folk, and now centaurs. Maybe in okay. a sandy environment. So, in the... Okay, so yeah, actually, initiative, because I don't have initiative for you guys. I rolled initiative nope. for him, but I never Which did. Which does mean that only Theros will get to act. Theros. Yes, in the surprise round, Theros will act, but nobody else. So, do you need initiative roll? Yeah, we'll need an initiative roll, because that's still... It'll go into the... Okay. Or in from me as well, or just from them? Yep, everybody. Okay. Even me? Uh, no, I'm just gonna... Okay, I didn't oh, think so. Oh my gosh, this is not what I needed. Well done. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, guys. I'm cheering you on. Okay, I so think you're snoring, actually. <laughs> in the surprise just drooling now. out the side of her mouth. Wow, this is gonna be really bad for me. I just picture, I just picture Volus on his back, and Nayari just fell, like, flat onto Volus. So <laughs> she's just Sorry. laying on top of him. Yes, Jason, in the surprise round? Yes, in the surprise round, he has exactly enough movement to get here. Oh, thank God. So that is his movement as he uh, starts moving into the camp, and he has a long sword drawn and is held in both hands. Uh, Theros, you have a standard or a move action that you can take during the surprise round. You and Volus. Volus uh, is Volus asleep. is unconscious. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, our MVP is unconscious. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, gee. He closed the distance too quickly for my plan, I think. <laughs> hmm. These spells are <laughs> helpful for having Volus. <laughs> I have... I have um, Acid Maw and Cure Light Wounds ready. <laughs> oh, Acid Maw would have been great if Volus wasn't in Yeah, <laughs> I know. I also have Thorn Javelin. I guess that could be useful. I don't know. It's probably more useful than my friggin' sickle. Um, Maybe. I guess I'll uh let's see what is what does thorn javelin do? Again. Wooden thorn the size of a javelin appropriate to your size appears in your open hand. You can wield this thorn as a javelin and you're proficient in its use. Any creature struck by javelin must succeed at a fortitude save or be sickened for one round. Oh. If you throw the javelin, another one appears in your hand. Any javelin that leaves your grasp disappears at the end of your turn. Each javelin attack you make reduces the spell's remaining duration by one minute. 
if an attack reduces the remaining duration to zero minutes or less, the spell ends. So spell duration is a total of one minute. So, uh, yeah, one minute per level. So you have effectively two attacks worth of casting if you were to do that. I guess I'll cast that. Or, well, question. If I cast that, can I attack with the javelin this turn? Is that just to cast it to summon the javelin? Casting the spell is a standard action. That's what I figured. Then maybe I should go Uh, for defense. Yeah. So you could take a five-foot step back and cast the spell, and he wouldn't be able to attack you with an attack of opportunity. Um, But if you were to cast the spell and stay adjacent to him, he would get an attack of opportunity. Right. All right, then, yeah, I'm going to take the five-foot step, I guess, and, and cast that spell. Here, okay. here, or here. Actually, you have a lot of options, four, four options. Well, probably not the fire. No, probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, burning in the fire. I guess I'll step here. I'll let the okay. dwarf take the brunt of the attack. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, just to so give myself take, some distance. You take a step back and you cast that spell and a, mm-hmm. a javelin of thorns appears in your hand. Okay. That is the surprise round now to regular initiative and he goes first. Uh, that's not great. He is uh, seeing that um, he can't... Uh, he didn't really stop you from casting a spell. He's just going to move up here and take a full attack against Aiden who is flat-footed. Currently. So with his longsword, two-handed, he swings down at you for... you got to be kidding me. It's a natural 20. I'm not even joking. Oh, my gosh. Roll to confirm. This is where we die. It's a 21 to confirm. Stop. Oh, my gosh. Oh That's my so God. bad. That's so bad. Wow, that's like, that's super bad. Why didn't I take entanglement? You take 15 points of damage. Holy. Good lord. 2d8 that... plus modifiers doubled. That's not good. Um. And he makes two hoof attacks against you. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. Them natural attacks. They come in. Wow. They're minus five. Both of them. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one, I rolled a natural 18 for an 18 okay. to hit. Okay. Um, that hits both my regular and my flat footed, so. And the second one was a natural two, so the second one misses. So on the first hoof, you take... Two points of damage. Wow. He's out here hooving people. Oh no. That is his wow. turn. Oh my god. Theros, you're up. Ah, oh, jeez. Don't forget it's plan either, A. We're, we're on to plan Z at the moment. See, Aiden has taken a bit of a beating. What are you what are you gonna do? I can't he can't go down, but I don't think cure light wounds even if I tried to like do a field medic kind of situation that's not going to heal enough like <laughs> one more attack it doesn't matter what the next attack is it's going to knock him out I feel like I need to uh, provoke him somehow or uh 
Well, if you step right here, you could flank Aiden and get a bonus to your hit and just put him out of his misery. Yeah, yeah I think that's I think that's what Theros would do. Neutral good non confrontational Theros. I think I have to step in and just be like, really, what with Theros? <laughs> I mean he's he this guy's a You're centaur. Right. He's more in tune Theros with nature. Is, is going to actually, the druid. Theros is actually going to attack um Orin and Oak. <laughs> 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 oh my um, gosh this is so bad i literally cannot believe that i rolled a natural 20 and then a natural 18 and then another natural 18 so where All against where would moving provoke an attack of opportunity would flanking him provoke um that yes. that would um let's i don't think there's a way that you can get there without provoking what's your movement 30 yes there's not a way you can get there without unless i go here and throw the javelin or i could just throw the javelin for him but this would this be flanking here it would not be flanking you can't flank from ranged no you could throw the javelin and it wouldn't be into combat because i don't have a weapon drawn yet so you won't take Um, the regular minuses i don't think Unless it doesn't matter if it's just close that it happens. I think that's when they have a melee weapon, though. Jeez, I don't know. I don't have the bear to rely on. Oh, Volus, why? I guess, uh... Two characters are engaged in melee if they are enemies of each other and either threatens the other. Got you. Understood. So no matter if, where I go to attack, will that provoke an opportunity? No, if you go uh, here, here, or here, you'll be fine. If you just step into the first one, then you're fine. But if you're trying to get to a flank, then it would provoke just getting there. And then I guess I'll well, just, you don't I'll go, go that here. way, but well, you, know, you, you go like you can, you like, yeah, you can, you can yes. get there without provoking. If you want to get to that square, that's fine. Yep. Aiden's horse does not count as a flanking partner, though. Darn. Jasper, you've let me down. And then I guess uh, I'll go here and um, I'll try to attack with a javelin. I don't know how do I how do I roll for that. So this would be a melee attack. So I assume it would just be uh, it just counts as a javelin. So it would be your base attack bonus plus your strength modifier. That would be your your roll. And then a javelin. Probably does like one d six damage. Base oh, attack bonus plus what? A javelin would do one d six plus your strength modifier if you hit. Mm-hmm. One d six plus one. So I need to roll one d six plus one. Is what you're saying? Uh, well, f- first you have to try to hit, which is a d twenty plus your base attack bonus and strength modifiers. Which is probably like a d20 plus two. I don't know what your strength modifier is. Plus one for base attack bonus and one for strength. One for strength. Yes. So plus two. So d20 plus two. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That is the worst roll I think I've had in a long time. That is a miss. So is your movement and your standard action. As you go to make an attack. You have one more attack left with it, I think... I don't think you have to hit for it to reduce the duration. So that is Theros' turn. 
Orin, you're up. You see that uh, Theros has a javelin at hand, and he's trying to stab at this centaur, and uh, the centaur got a huge hit on Aiden. Uh, and you can feel that, you know, you know that you ate one of these, and you feel like it's starting to take hold of you. You don't have a whole lot of time before you might succumb to it. What are you going to do? Uh... I will... <laughs> Woozily move. Is that a word? Woozily? <laughs> Is that a word? Probably. <laughs> yeah, if the poo has taught well, me. Well, that dude... Um, I know you're that it looked like I did it, but yeah, I went to the side and then up. Yeah, yeah you're uh, fine. To get up behind him and... Uh, do a, a cast of Cure Light Wounds. Okay. Um, 1d8 plus 2. Aiden? Is that right? Aiden. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's going to die anyway, so... I'm kidding. <laughs> 1d8 <laughs> slash... <laughs> he chuckles at his own oh, joke. 1d8 plus 2. Get oh, out of here. What are Get these rules? Jason, <laughs> you cursed. Phenomenal. Roll d20. Roll 20. <laughs> right, I'm going to start forcing. Like, implement. You got to roll through, through roll 20. We, were, we really are going to die tonight. Uh, wow. Aiden, you take a massive hit and then are kicked with uh, one of his front hooves. But Oren comes up behind you and uh, he kind of pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, <Wolf> pal. <laughs> what do you okay. do, Aiden? Um, well, I'm going to full withdraw. Um, and I was looking it up. I can't do the second part of what I want to do until later. Um, but I'm going to try to... I don't know where the tree trunk is over here. I'm assuming there's a tree trunk. This is a tree, not a bush. Yes. It's so a tree. I'm, These are trees. Yeah, so I'm going to move, like, around to the other side of it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I am have my back towards them, uh, getting some cover, um, trusting my companions for a little bit. But as he's fleeing away, he's going to be like, whoa, whoa, we didn't ask for any trouble. Um, and try to negotiate, be like, what do you want? What do you need? As he's running out. Okay. So Aiden runs away like a coward. So oh, man. Like a survivor. And his allies against this, <laughs> this creature. And if I can, I don't know how you want to do this. Um, I would like to do two free actions. One of them is to draw my bow, which I can do with quick draw. And the other one is I would like Jasper not to die. So I would like to like, spur him away. For a little while, if that's possible, as I disengage from that, but I will leave that to your Roll a handle animal or a wild empathy check. Um, wild empathy uses what? It's just your level plus your charisma. It's basically just diplomacy. Well, it's better because my charisma is bad, but my handle animal is also bad. So, so with a um, my level, so it's half my level or my full level. Kids, I think we're full level. An attempt. Uh, yes. So to handle an animal. Yeah, his ranger and his charisma bonus. 
and a typical domestic animal has a certain attitude of indifferent, while wild animals are usually unfriendly. Yep. So I will go so ahead and roll check. D20 plus one, which I'm just going to type it out. Nope. Nope. Uh, he does not uh, follow your orders, but he is sort of panicked because he's not sure what's going on. Mm. That is your turn. It is back to York. Um, York is going to move action, pull out a heavy wooden shield. Ugh. The AC. With his standard action, he is going to take a single swing at Theros. If this is a, if this is like a twenty or something, I'm taking a. I'm just going to drink the rest of this in one go. Well, it, the the final to hit is a twenty-three. But it wasn't a natural twenty. No, it's not a natural twenty. But that, but hits. it's pretty oh, yeah, hits. sinking high. You take. Six points of damage. Okay, so that's not 15. That's, that's, that's not 15. And that is his turn. Theros, it is back to you. Um, is this speaking a, a, a full action? Standard action? It's a free action. Oh, and uh, yes, on his turn, responding to Aiden, I forgot about that, he would say... I'm not sure why, but your heads are worth a lot. Oh my gosh! Them goblins needed oh, some slaying. So, so Theros will, will reply back, Surely there must be some way we can come to an agreement here, peacefully. And uh, he's going to move... Roll a diplomacy check. Oh, okay. As I look up the DC, <laughs> this is going to not end well because I don't have, I he's, have he, the DC. He's a socially awkward introvert. He's not going to be. Get really, that, Nat. 20. Nope. That is not what the DC was. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Come by. So you five foot step there. Anything else? Roll, I roll over and die. <laughs> no, um, I'm just going to uh, Andrew, move here so between sorry. between uh, Oren and um, York. Okay. And uh, full defense, I guess. Okay. Total defense. Total defense. Oren, it is your turn. You see that uh, Theros steps in front of you and takes a defensive stance. You see that Aiden has kind of run a short distance away to go behind a tree, pulling out his bow as he does. Uh, what are you going to do? So I have a question. Yes. Bless. The spell Bless? Yes. It says each ally gains a plus one moral bonus on attack rolls and on saving throws against fear effects so i mean obviously i'm not really interested in the fear effect thing but the plus one on attack rolls does that does that affect uh is that aside from fear effects they just get a plus one to attack rolls Mm. yeah they get a plus one on attack rolls and on saving throws against fear 
I mean, the fear probably won't come up, but they'll get a plus right. one on all attack rolls, which is right. nice. Yeah, so I'm going to cast Bless. Then. Okay. So everybody, everybody is more. within 50 feet of you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Peace and blessings. Cool. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's you. my turn. Okay. Good cleric, though. <laughs> So that is Oren's turn. Aiden, you're up again. So you I'm going to need one hand. You're blessed. Yep. Going to need some DM ruling here because I can't see under the tree. Um, so you can acceleratedly climb at half of your speed, which means I can make it at most 10. Oh, I'm empty. Could I? <laughs> this t- <laughs> Already? <laughs> Could I this turn... Um, climb the tree and take a shot or would that not be enough movement um, to get all the way up like how tall is it okay I would say an accelerated if you were to accelerated climb 10 feet up you could get you could uh, if you were successful in that role you could get 10 feet up as a move action um, I would say that this is a tree so it is a DC 15. Accelerated climbing, you take a minus five penalty. Oh, it makes <laughs> so it a. Uh, you can take a minus it... five penalty to get a DC 15. To get a DC 15 is how you would. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That would not be very likely to happen, unfortunately. But. Let's see here. So, sorry, just doing math in my head. No, that's a pretty darn high check. So he's going to dismiss that idea, seeing like he can't get up as quickly as he was hoping. And he also is taking his armor check penalty at the moment, so I think that is factoring into his decision-making. Um, um, if I move there, do I have line of sight? Yeah. Okay, and I'll take a minus four for shooting into combat. If you do not have precise shot, yeah. I do not. And I will be firing a very particular arrow, so I'm just oh. going to go ahead and roll a d20. Why did you run away when you're so crap at range? <laughs> That's what it is. Just what it is. All I need is a nat 20, Jace. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've rolled that already. We so. found out that Josh plays the numbers. That ain't, that, a, uh, that ain't. Is that a natural it. 20, Josh? <laughs> I'm having a hard time seeing what that roll was. Was that a natural 20? Oh, no, boss. Tell that me. was a 5, sir. <laughs> Josh, don't make me go get another mess. drink. <laughs> I'm not. So, um, that's so I takes out an arrow and, and fires, and being the biggest damage dealer the party has uh, conscious at the moment, he has done very little. This is an accurate statement. Um, One could say that if, if this goes poorly, it's all his fault. One could probably not say that. <laughs> did somebody, did somebody call, call, call that out earlier? Somebody, I feel like somebody did. Somebody did say that everything is Josh's fault. It's in the <laughs> records here somewhere, I think. You know what? Actually, let me let me go through the chat real quick. I'll do the boring stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? It does say right here pretty explicitly, it's all my fault. Oh. Yep. 
Okay, that is Aiden's turn. It is it is York's turn again. <laughs> he is going to. I tried to write heart you, Josh, and it just blanked everything. It's gonna take some uh, take some attacks at Theros, who is doing total defense. Full disclosure, okay. I don't know what that actually does. So total defense, you get, I believe, a plus four to your AC. Okay. Oh, please. And he rolled an 18. <laughs> Stop! Is that a hit? Uh, I think so. Probably. I think that's... Let's see here. Uh, 18. I'm pretty sure Theros' AC is pretty low, even with a plus four. My AC is... 13 plus 4, 17. Oh. Minimum damage, only 3 damage on the longsword. Oh, that's not too bad. But then he's got his hooves. And two hooves. First one. That's uh, only a 12. And a 3. So both of the hooves miss. Uh, Yeah, that's all he's going to do. He's not yet in enough danger to need to be too tactical. Um, Theros, it is your turn. Can I make one more attempt at uh, diplomacy on him? You could, but it would be at a higher DC. I don't think it would even be possible for you to get it. Fair enough. Well, I guess then I'll attack. uh, I'll try to attack him with uh, the javelin. Okay. Roll an attack. Oh, the old tank attack. He's got his shield out now, so he's harder to hit than he was. Run 1d20 plus 2, right? Yep. If only Aiden had made an attack before he raised his shield. Oh! Is 19 going to be good enough? Well, with his shield, which gives him a plus 2 bonus. Plus 1 for bless, so 20. Yep. So that is a hit. Barely. He had to do the math. That was close. So that is a 1d6 plus 1, I think, for damage. And a fortitude save. Very crucial fortitude save that he's going to pass, but... Yes! (laughs) Finally something good! Who needs Aiden? Theros can deal the damage himself. To be fair, that's like mid-tier for me, alright? Let's let's just remember. Oh yeah? How much damage have you done in this fight? So anyways, I was uh, at work the other day, and... (laughs) Okay, so um, I believe the fortitude save would be against your spell DC, which is something. I'll just roll the fortitude save, and you can tell me if I succeed or not. Ooh, that's going to be close. Uh, He doesn't have a great fortitude bonus. That's only a 16. I don't know what the DC Uh... is for that. That's probably going to pass. It's 10 plus... It's 10 plus the spell level plus your wisdom modifier, I think, off the top yeah. of my head. Which is exactly 16. Are you looking at my stuff right now, Josh? Yeah, so okay. you're. So if you go down here, actually, no, it's a level 1 spell or a level 2 spell? It's a level 1 spell. DC 15. So if you go I under thought... your spells, it's auto-calculated. You have Druid level 2, um, your ability modifier of 4, so you go down, you look at your spell level, plus your wisdom modifier. Oh, 10. I see it there. Oh, oh Your caster awesome. level, 1 DC. So That can't be right. Is there a bless I on that? not. Because his wisdom is... Oh. 
I don't know why I thought his wisdom was a plus five. Uh, even if it was, it would have only been a 16, which yeah. he passed anyway. Yeah, he o- he doesn't have a great fortitude save, but he did roll, roll a natural save. 13. That brings him to a 16. Darn. Well, yeah. so he Darn is, not, is right. That means he, he had a good chance sickened. of failing. Yeah, he had a very good chance of failing that. So he is not sickened, but he de- he did take that damage. That was that was not great. You kind of stab him right in, right into his one of his front legs. And not he, insignificant, uh, huh? He yells out in pain. And uh, Orin, it is your turn. You have cast bless. You see that Aiden uh, is slowly coming back into the fight. Uh, both of your two conscious allies are very wounded, and you don't have a lot of time left. What do you do? Getting, getting awful sleepy. Yeah, this is round three of four for you. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Cure Light Wounds is a touch, right? Yeah, yeah. you just have to touch them. Me. So yeah, you I could five foot step and you could cast <laughs> cure light wounds on York. Yes. <laughs> right up to there. No, don't Maybe you dare. Old. Don't you dare. So I'll cast my la- final uh, cure light wounds on Aiden. Okay. Um, go ahead and clear that. And then Cross your fingers. 1d8. Assault on New York City. d8 plus 2. Come on. That's better than nothing. <laughs> Easy for you to say, champ. And Aiden, it is your turn. You are now back to above half health, so you're perfectly fine. Live forever. Do I have <laughs> um, the ability to charge, or is Orin in my way? Um, Just run him over. Yeah. Just run me over. Sure, why not? I'll take that one, boss. Um, I don't know if I want to do that, though, actually. I get a plus one to my to hit, right? You get a plus two to hit from charge. So with less and charge, you'd get three on top of whatever your normal Yeah, so feeling uh, reinvigorated, he is going to drop his bow and uh, will thematically throw it in the square as he's running by. He drops and picks up his claymore. This nope. In this square. That's not accurate. Um, and will come down with a mighty blow from the claymore. Okay. The great sword. It's a great sword. And it's going to have a plus three on top of what I roll, you say? Yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Because of bless and charge. With 19 to hit. That should do it. Might be. 19 does hit. Yes! For dang. That's a lot of damage. 15. Why is there a plus 3 temp to your damage? Oh, power attack. Power no, that's attack. not power attack. That's not power attack. What, what is that, that 3 coming from? I'm trying to find out. Um... Does the the charge and the bliss does not go on to damage. No. Um, no. Where's that coming from? Oh. Melee bonus is temporarily increased because of why? 
Where am I looking at your thing here? Should be strength two-handed. Let's take that off. Were you doing power attack or no? Yeah. Because it... Because the to hit, I don't think, calculated power attack. No, it should. Because my to hit would be a six otherwise. Oh. I added five. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So... It oh, because power attack two handed is a three instead of a two. Okay, yeah, yeah everything's sense. yeah everything's fine. In my head, I was thinking power attack is a plus two, and I'm just like, where's no? It's, it's a two handed. No, okay, thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, holy crap, that's a that's a not, lot of damage. It's not insignificant. It's also not. I mean, I rolled okay, but that's not an amazing roll either, though. He's. Looking really rough. Yeah. Oh, really? Come on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, okay. Come on. I mean, just think about it. 15 damage is almost enough to take any of you guys down. Um, and it's his turn. Yeah, I'm chatty now. He looks at all of you guys. He has his long sword raised, but you took a huge hit on him. And you can, can I, see that. What, can I say that? something? Sure. Uh, I want him to shout out in a really whining, annoying way, like, like leave us alone. Because the only reason I charged, I didn't, I forgot to say it, like, he saw Nayari, and he did, hadn't fully put together that she had gone down. So for all he knows, she could be dead or something, you know what I mean? So he's absolutely livid, telling him, to, like, leave us alone, get out of here, that kind of thing, when he lands the blow. Roll and intimidate with... Yep. I'll give you a plus two circumstance because you did basically hmm. half his health in one hit. Go ahead and add that <laughs> a... to this because it's a minus one. What a champ. So that is going to be plus two to that. Just uh, 12. 12. Okay. So you yell that out and he looks at you guys and he sees that not as many of you went unconscious as he had hoped. And he's taken a lot of damage. He kind of says, yeah, this isn't worth it. And then he withdraws. Oh, man. Off of the screen. Into the forest. Yeah, no, we're going to have to contend with that later. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll let you know. You got him to a little bit of a metagame, but you brought him down to eight hit points, and uh, that was less than one-third of his health, and I was like, he's not going to stay. Yeah, I know. One more hit from Theris, and yeah. he would have been at one. Orin steps in with a five-foot step. This guy could go down. Yeah, he's not going to risk that, so he withdraws. Let me get rid of the fire here. <clears throat> Question, do we get an attack of opportunity? No, because he withdrew. He full oh, withdrew, okay. just like I did earlier in the fight. Ah, okay. And he only left one threatened square because um, he was able to take a diagonal step, and it was right. his first movement, so he didn't have to do anything weird about it. Yep. Listen, and I'm just his, happy he's gone. Yep, <laughs> and with his movement speed, he, he easily outpaces you guys. Right. So, another couple seconds go by, and Oren... You feel the effects overtake you as you fall unconscious and kind of collapse to the ground. Aiden and Theros, you see that you're now the only two standing uh, in this camp site. Uh, both of you roll a perception check. 
Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. So, Aiden, you notice this. It's it's a little bit dark because this is you guys are about to go to sleep, so it's it's dark out and you're having a hard time seeing. But you do notice as he withdrew and then ran, once he got by one of these trees, he grabbed a satchel that had been like hung on one of the branches, probably his like backpack or travel bag that he put there before charging in. You see him go to grab it and it gets caught and it kind of rips and uh, a couple of its uh, uh, items kind of like sp- fill, sp- fall out onto the ground and he kind of like hesitates oh, and looks to, like about to like go and grab them but he realizes he doesn't have time and just keeps going. Um, but you see that over in this area some of the some of the contents of his bag have have fallen onto the ground and you are you take a moment you're listening and you're pretty confident that he is gone gone okay um immediately following that he is super concerned uh about everyone's safety so he's gonna run over and check and kind of like look over niari and be like uh, is she breathing on all this stuff and probably out loud he's like freaking out a little bit he's like it's a th- Theros, is, is there something you can do? Is, is everyone okay? And he's like trying his best to see if she is not dead. <laughs> would we know? Would either of us know what's afflicted them? A heal check will help with that. Oh, yeah. Can I do a heal check then? Is that what it would uh, be? E- roll either a heal or I would allow a knowledge. No, I wouldn't. Just a heal check. I will roll to aid. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the DC would be. I'll say it's the DC of the of the uh, save, which I believe was 15. So, with that, um, I would say that as you're looking this over, you go and you grab one of the apples that were eaten. So get a and go ahead. Uh, and you're you're looking at these, and you're like you're able to identify. And of course, with your background, this actually makes sense. You're able to identify. You've probably seen this before. The effects are consistent with a a poison known as oil of taggett. Do I would do would I know how long they would be unconscious then? You are you are aware of the fact that it lasts a certain number of hours. It kind of varies, but okay. a couple hours. So then Theros would respond to Aiden. I think they'll be okay. Is is this called oil of something? Taggett. Oil Taggett. of Taggett. Oil of Taggett. They will merely be unconscious for a few hours. Okay, okay. We, we still have to protect them through that time, though. Um, and he's going to start um, looking through Nayari's person. He knows that somewhere on her are two potions of Cure Light Wounds. Um, so he's going to grab those and go to hand one to Theros. And he'll be like, well, we'll, um, we'll have to stand watch and make sure there is no one else who comes here. Um, and he starts uh, checking the parameter making sure Jasper is okay and he's going to just begin fidgeting with the fish line thing traps that he was setting um, and see if any were sprung by him and maybe resetting them that kind of thing and so he's trying to like calm his nerves and do something he's done before sure Sure. Yeah, you're looking around. It doesn't look like any of the ones that you had set were sprung. Um, he probably either 
was watching you set them or had a keen enough vision not to trigger them as he walked by. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, instead of using the potion, uh, Theros will, without aided knowing, he doesn't want to take Nairi's stash, so he just kind of replaces the potion back into her, into her inventory <laughs> and uses the Cure Light Wounds, his Cure Light Wounds spell that he had prepared instead on himself. I haven't drank in the potion yet. Just as a FYI, he and you don't you don't need to feel guilty. It's in the party inventory, so it's not a personal yes. stash. We found I, it in yes, and I also do stash. not feel guilty at all. Well, I also have the the wand of cure light wounds and the ability to recharge the ability to cure light wounds myself. So I feel like just Theros would normally just heal himself instead of using supplies. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. So I would write the roll for that. So okay. you're casting your spell cure light wounds yes. on yourself? So that's 1d8 plus 2, and I'm calling an 8 this time because it's out of combat. Okay. Oh, okay. No. We still suck, Jace. <laughs> Don't continue have too much continue to roll poorly on your heels. I think um, after a little bit of time has passed, um, I think Aiden is kind of Aiden's kind of going to be like in the middle of setting one, and then we'll be like what? <laughs> Why did he do that? He said, and like we'll remember that he said we were wanted, or like that people would pay a lot of money for our heads. And I think he's gonna like, oh yeah, there were some things over there, and uh, he's he's gonna dart over um, and pick them up. Okay. So you're looking at the ground here, and there's a couple things scattered about. So one of the what? things is a a folded up piece of parchment. Um, another one, you see several empty vials. Uh, there is a small package and a, a, a not a pouch of gold, but some gold that fell out of a pouch that was in the bag. Um, gold and platinum, actually. Oh. So wow. uh, you find a total of 125 gold pieces that fell out of his bag. You find um, again that package, the folded parchment, and then empty vials. Okay. Um, this whole time, he's kind of like picking them up, and he's angry, and he's like just repeating, like, "Why? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Like, he knew he needed help, kind of thing. Like, he can't understand why someone would be so mean just for money, kind of thing. Um, still a little naive, um, but he picks all that up, um, makes his way back uh, near the campfire, and starts going through them. Okay, so you open the package, and you can see written on top of this package, in common, it says, Children of Stone. Hmm. Kind of like, it seems like this package might have been addressed to the Children of Stone. Um, do you open the package? Tentatively. Okay. Uh, well, while, Aiden's, while, while Aiden's doing all this, Theros would have been kind of like moving all the unconscious people into more comfortable, safe positions around the campfire and just trying to prop them up so, so that they're as you know, comfortable as possible. Okay. Come on, yep. Sarah. This is in America. So, <laughs> Aiden, you go to open the package, and as you do, it explodes. Oh, no. Oh, wait. This is America. <laughs> Darn it. Oh. <laughs> Um, you open the package and you see that uh, the only thing in there is a small, uh, not terribly small, a uh, necklace. Okay, who cares about that? Uh, <laughs> the parchment. 
Okay. You open up the parchment and uh, you unfold it and you have to unfold it like three or four times. It's, it's been folded up quite a bit and it opens up to a large map of the area. And you see that there's a couple of places on this map that you're actually already familiar with. Um, but there are a few that you are not. So I'll move you back to the hex map real quick here. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so, we have to resolve NPC actions at some point too. Uh, I think we already resolved NPC actions. This one. Oh, you guys haven't gotten back to camp yet. We'll get to that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Okay, so you're looking at this map, and you see a couple of places that you were not aware of. Uh, let me get to the correct polygon reveal. So you see to the southeast corner of the map, you see something that is marked as Kelid Shrine. Hmm. Oh, and that might be I'm relevant. Gonna, I'm going to reveal that here. Yeah, like there you did Gristle down. Yeah. So you see that is marked as Kelid Shrine. Uh, you see Feindar is marked, and it has the words Iron Fang Legion on it. Uh, Feindar is crossed out, replaced by Iron Fang Legion. You see to the kind of northeast here, you see something marked as Children of Stone, again. And that is here. Oh, oh I went off the edge. That's white. Let me just hide the border of the map. There we go. Oh, thank you. So up there, so much. yeah, up there you see it is marked as Children of Stone. And then the final place that you see it is marked kind of between them, still on the eastern side. It seems like whatever this, wherever he had been looking around, it, he stayed pretty much to the east of the map um, as he explored. And you see a another part in a small wood. Not unlike the Hunter's Redoubt, a, another small wood, and it is marked as Crooked Toe Tribe. Hmm. Uh, I think he. I think he assumes that's probably the lizard folk. He doesn't know for sure. We said um, the lizard folk were at the ca- a cave north of us, not south of us. Northeast. Didn't you just say northeast, or did you say south? Oh, you said south. The Children of Stone is to the northeast. The Crooked Toad Tribe is to the southeast, south. and the Kelled Shrine is further south. Which of these would he be familiar with already? You said he might know some, just the Iron Fang Legion. And... Well, so yeah, you, you know about Feindar. It's just there are other places marked on the map as just general features. So like Gristledown is marked on the map because it's a map of the area. So Gristledown's marked there. You're aware of that. Feindar is marked there. You're aware of that. Uh, you probably have never heard of the Children of Stone. You might have heard of the Crooked Toad tribe, but not in that area. Uh, you would roll a knowledge local. Hang on, my character sheet's doing that annoying thing where you can't actually access your skills. <laughs> I don't have local. Uh, okay, so you, you don't know about the Crooked Toad Tribe, and you don't know about the Kellogg Shrine. Geography won't help. Uh, you, you can roll the geography on the shrine. Okay, so you... I don't know if you have, you'd, if Aiden would have gone that far into the plains, but you might have heard tell of a Kellogg Shrine there. There are, there are numerous Kellogg Shrines throughout Nermathos. This is the closest one to where you guys are. Um... And it's just known as a, a sacred site for the Kellid tribes that lived here long ago. 
Okay. And those are the three locations I think that uh, his map has that you did not know about. I have already marked them, so we will now move back to the other map. There's nothing like, uh, hey, we'll pay eight million gold pieces ahead for these people. Like, there's yeah. no. No, you get the sense from what he said. He said, I don't know why, but your heads are worth a lot or something like that. Or you're worth, or you're worth a lot of money. I'm not sure exactly what he said, but right. you get the sense that maybe he heard rumor or was told by someone that you were worth something, but he was never given a like documentation of bounty or anything like that. Right. He was never given details. It just said, hey, if you find humans in the Fangwood, they're worth something is probably the extent that he knew about. Gotcha. Can I examine the necklace? Absolutely. Roll a craft appraise. I'll be the right necklace. You, I just tossed it aside. Do you have detect magic? Um, I don't have it prepared. So at the moment, you cannot. Okay. Uh, you would know that it's it's well crafted. It's got a gemstone at the at the end of it, and it's a well crafted gemstone. It looks like it could be valuable, but at the moment you can't you can't tell too much more yet. Well, um, you can. Oh, you have to use. Yes, magic. I am aware of the spellcraft. It does use detect magic. Yeah, that's what I was. So checking. druids can enter a trance for like an hour to prepare spells. Can I? Can I just do that? And pass an hour by. I mean, I'll be awake in an hour. He said it could Did last you... hours. Did you already prepare all of your spells today? Yeah. Okay. So the way that that works, at least it is for a wizard, not 100% sure if it's the same with a cleric or a druid. I would assume it is. But what you can do is it takes you one hour in the morning to prepare your spells. You do not have to prepare all of them. You could leave one or two slots open. And then later on in the day, you could prepare those as needed. That would take 15 minutes generally the, uh, they technically say like if you prepare only one quarter of your spells it only takes like 15 minutes so technically in the morning you could only prepare a quarter of your spells and be done in 15 minutes and then anytime you needed to prepare more it would take that time i know that's how it works for a wizard i don't know if that's how it works for a druid that would it's my assumption that it works pretty sure but... that's how it works for a cleric and they're all kind of the same breed gotcha let me see. Can Druid... Well, Pathfinder. Can Druids prepare partial spells? It's probably not the best way to look it up. But, ah, there we go. Can Druid leave spell slots open? This one guy on Reddit, which is a super reliable source, says that any prepared caster can do it. So, okay. Yes. Just wanted a clarification on it because I don't know a whole lot about it. Yep. So in the future, if you wanted to leave like one cantrip unprepared, then later on in the day you could prepare it or first level spells yeah, or anything. It gives you more versatility in circumstantial situations, but it does, you know, like if you're in a combat, you have less slots at your disposal right. for that particular combat. So it's, there's a trade off, but sure. something to keep in mind in the future. Stuff like the cantrips, most of that isn't super helpful in combat outside of like guidance anyway, or stabilize. Yeah. So, yeah, that could yeah. help in the future. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yep. Um, so, is there anything particular that you two want to do as you're waiting, or do you want to kind of fast forward as people begin waking up? 
Uh, yeah, I'm just going to explain some simple things. He's going to go back and tend to Jasper, who was probably freaked out by all that. He's going to finish setting the traps. And I forgot, I haven't described it in the past, but I've always intended to be doing this. He's got um, a rope and bag that he uses to throw our food up in a tree so it's not, it doesn't attract animals or bears, that kind of other bears besides all this, that kind of thing. <laughs> so he'll do that. The standard camping stuff. But once. Once all that's kind of taken care of, he's just going to come and sit kind of by everyone who's who's unconscious and is being a little mopey and just kind of concerned. <laughs> he just falls asleep with his head on Orin's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's kind of coming down a little bit. Okay. Um, and you're doing this, and as you guys are getting everything around, an hour passes, and Orin is the first to wake up. He rolled a one on his D3. So after one hour, Oren does come back to consciousness. Oh, yeah. And Oren, you wake up and you see... You were asleep for hours, my bad. Yeah, Oren, you wake up and you see uh, Aiden is is resting on your lap. (laughs) That's not at all what I said was happening. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's not... eh, Nope. Mm -mm. I will say, when you wake up, the scene you probably wake up to is, like, you know, that campfire light, and it kind of gives that orange tinge to people's faces. He's probably sitting there and just kind of, like, looking at the way the the liquid and the potion kind of flickers in the light and the glass and just kind of looking at it and kind of just spacing out and lost in a little bit of thought. Theros is just sitting with his arm around Volus. Go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say, I just Orin's gonna just sit up, real slow, and what a miss! <laughs> kind of just sit up, <laughs> and uh, I don't think he's gonna say anything because he saw he saw the that York ran away, right, Jason? Like I saw York ran away, and then I passed out. Yes, right? yes, yes. You actually yeah. stayed conscious through the full fight. Right, right. Theris will just kind of smile and respond. Well, it's not much of a party without you here, Oren. <laughs> Glad you you're back right, with us. Oren, Oren it, you were right to doubt him. I, I, you didn't say as much, but I got the sense that you weren't immediately trusting like I was. And I'm starting to think maybe I shouldn't be so trusting. Why would he do that? I can come. Suppose he mentioned a bounty before he left him money, I suppose. It would seem it would be wise of us not to be so easily trusting of friendly appearing allies in the future. And if you happen to sense anything, Orin, by all means, feel welcome to let us know. Not to blame you, of course, but just so you know, we we trust you. Indeed, indeed. From this point on, there's going to be a sense motive against every NPC. Every <laughs> single NPC, Jason. Every last one of them that I don't know. And even ones I do. Still looking at you, Kining. It's like all you see these. Auburn walk out of the forest. Sense motive. Sense like, motive. I mean, you well, don't I was, it's like, no, no, sense motive. I was thinking about it over the week. There's got to be like a, a DC to like. Just get a read on someone. Like, just get there a read. Is, like, it, just it, to, like, feel there, someone out. 
There is. There's debate. People don't like it because they feel like it's ridiculously powerful. Because uh, the DC is only like, so, so it's called getting a hunch, and it, it's like a DC twenty. And some people are just like, dude, people will auto pass that by like level four. And uh, uh, there's a lot of debate on it. So that was one thing that I was looking into a lot because I was like, how to handle that use of the skill. I'm gonna let you guys converse for a moment. I'm gonna use a restroom. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. And so, as soon as Theros leaves, I ask him to do something. No. Real quick, what was that necklace I missed? Did we figure out what it was? You have not yet figured it out. Okay. Um, if you would like, we can say that, uh, assuming that Oren does have Detect Magic prepared, we could say that there was a, a handoff there and, and Oren could attempt a, a spellcraft check if you would like. Yeah, I have Detect Magic uh, pretty much permanently. Okay. So you can go ahead and roll a spellcraft. Spellcraft. What is it? <laughs> Do I know? I don't think so. I think the DC is 15 plus oh, the caster level. Shoot. Caster level 9. Yeah, only a DC 20. to. If you take that exactly as written, I think that's a little dumb. But I think I know, that there's that's, that's some room... There's some room for negotiation there. Can Nayari have a dream about this necklace and do a spellcraft in her sleep? Yeah, maybe she's got like a like a psychedelic uh, or <laughs> her hand starts writing in the dirt. <laughs> right. This yeah. is an amulet of natural armor. Well, you guys figure out what the what the necklace is. You know what? No. Sarah, that might be a pretty darn good guess given our average party level and <laughs> <laughs> the loot that we could acquire. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. we have an Aegis of Recovery, which is probably more generous for our level than what it oh, should man. be. So, natural armor would be Theros. That, that if you sorry, would... real I was quick. That... Say... Oh, go ahead. The Aegis didn't break when I went unconscious, right? Uh, no, you didn't take any hit point damage. Okay, sorry. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that is a stupid thing that could have happened <laughs> on your GM. Oh, you went unconscious! Oh, no, no! Wow, what can so, I say? Yeah, I was gonna say Theros could try to aid, but then I actually looked up the cast level of the item, and I was like, ha, ha, no. Even with an aid, that's not gonna do it. So, tomorrow... When you guys wake up, you can attempt it again. The second hour goes by, and Volus wakes up. Yes, good bear. And uh, unless there's anything specific to say there, then we can say that the third hour goes by. Well, by the third hour, I, I bet you people are probably starting to actually just go to sleep. You know, yes, by the, watches. by the third hour, you're getting like 10 o'clock. <laughs> Everybody goes to sleep. Nayari wakes up and sees everybody and thinks they're dead, and then runs into the penguin. Iden's not asleep. He he. If if anyone else started going to bed, he wouldn't. Yep, he's gonna wait okay. it out. So, as the third hour comes, I'm gonna say so. Nayari, no initiative. Oh no, <laughs> Nayari, you're there sleeping, unconscious, and. You open your eyes and find yourself in a small village. You see a handful of cabins, 
perhaps enough to comfort, uh, perhaps enough to comfortably house two dozen people. You are waving to an older man standing by the door to one of these cabins. An owl is perched on his shoulder. Hmm. You call out to him, I'll be back in a few days, Chorus. And then you turn and you leave as the sun peeks out from above the nearby canopy, canopy of the Fangwood. The next thing you know, you find yourself walking along the edge of the forest just north of Fandar Bridge. You must have been walking the entire day or maybe a full day past before you got here because it is now close to nighttime. You can't quite remember, but in your hands are a pair of large rabbits that you caught with snare traps that you set the day before. It's a good haul. You smile to yourself as you continue walking. You see the town of Feindar coming into view as the half-moon rises into the night sky. Countless stars glitter above you, shining dimly on the small town. It's been a few months since your last visit. You enjoy the quiet and isolated lifestyle of Gristledown, but it is nice to see larger crowds every once in a while. As you draw nearer to the bridge, Nayari, you are suddenly struck with the realization that you've never been to Gristledown. You have never gone snare hunting for rabbits. And you've never, sp- you've never spent a month-long period of time away from Feindar since you've started living there. All of these details, which you thought nothing of only moments ago, suddenly seem very wrong. And as soon as you make this realization, you feel a sense of nausea and confusion and vertigo as your vision blurs and pulls back. It feels as if your body continues to move forward while your mind stays stationary. But the vertigo passes quickly and you see a female figure walking away from you towards the bridge. It is not your body. You do not recognize this woman. She is holding a pair of large rabbits in her hand as she continues walking towards Feindar. You look towards the town and the bridge, and you see two figures, which you recognize as hobgoblins, standing near the work shack that Kyning had you build while she prepared to do work on the bridge. The figure walks away, seemingly not noticing what the figures really are. You stretch out your hand and call out to the figure to warn them. You tell them to run away. However, your body loses strength, and you fall forward, And as your face slams into the dirt, your body lunges forward. You look around and you're sitting at camp, surrounded by your friends. Some of them have gone back to sleep. And you're just awake here with still a sense of confusion after what you just saw. And I don't know who is on watch at this point in time, but there's probably only Okay, so... You, you lurch forward after having this strange dream or vision or whatever it was, and you see that, you know, it's, it's the dead of night now. Hours have passed since you recall falling unconscious, and Aiden seems to be the only one that is awake. He's awake and probably sitting pretty close to her, actually. Still, you know, checking mm-hmm. his surroundings, but close. What happened? What, what happened? I don't remember anything we were just sitting around the fire and and then i woke up what happened um you immediately see like a sense of relief kind of just like wash over his face and you know for the first time kind of calmly he'll explain the situation and it'll be like the uh the center 
that we ran into earlier. He came back to attack us. And um, you were poisoned uh, with oil of taggart, taggart, something. I can't remember what Theros called it, but some poison that made you sleep. But you managed to fight him off. Kind of. <laughs> Is everyone okay? Did everyone survive? Yes. Uh, we scared him away. I, I did quite a bit of damage, but he was not... He was not too hurting. He took his own leave. And he left us here. She kind of grabs her head. I imagine she wakes up kind of feeling like a hangover. She kind of has, has a headache. Yeah. I, I had the craziest dream. It was so real, but it wasn't real. I have a really bad feeling, Aiden. There's people that are going to Feindar, and they don't know, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. We have to go back there. I am scared too, Neari, but I don't know. I believe you had a dream, but may maybe the poison did something weird, like a drug or something. I don't know, but... You don't understand. Why would I have a dream of someone I've never met, I've never seen before? And why would they be going to Feindar, which I saw with my own eyes, is taken by hobgoblins. And they met hobgoblins on the bridge. It was as if I saw a vision of the past or the present or the future i don't know you don't understand these dreams with my people dreams mean more than just dreams dreams are visions they tell us true events my mother used to have dreams all the time of things that would actually come true you don't understand this can't possibly be just a dream he is looking at her very like directly, kind of like that thousand yard stare. Kind of feels like he's looking through you, a little bit. And after like a slight pause after you finish talking, he'll he'll start again. Niari, I am having trouble trusting people at the moment, but I will always trust you. So we can go back to Feindar. I don't want to go back to Feindar, but. I don't know why else I would be having this dream. It has to be a sign of something, right? I'm scared to go back there. I know what fear is. And these are times to be scared, but they are also times to be strong, so... I think we should get some sleep, Neari. <laughs> she chuckles. I feel like I've slept the day away already. How long was I out? Uh, how does he tell time? About three hours, <laughs> approximately. Somewhere in that range of exactly three The sun hours. moved from this position <laughs> to this position. <laughs> I don't know how he keeps track of time. He pulls but... out his pocket sundial. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll know what I'll know what he says. He'll he'll just say longer than anyone else, <laughs> but not more than a day. 
Well, remind me not to eat apples taken from strange centaurs in the thing. What? <laughs> they were just apples. And Jasper, but, Jasper had one. I, but I eat he them. is part horse. I mean, the centaur was part horse too. I, maybe the maybe horses are immune to whatever poison was. I don't know. It's completely reasonable, but it's also a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah, as desperate as we are for food, I guess we do need to be more careful about the source of our food. <sighs> All right, well, I he's will try. He's probably dozing off at this point. He's, he's she's, you know. She's completely awake at this point, so she just kind of looks around. I guess I will take a watch then. Thank you, Niadi. And he'll kind of just fall asleep where he is. Is this an open clearing in the wood, or is it kind of overshaded by trees? It is. So it's it's kind of open where you're at, but there would be a canopy of trees trees above you. Like uh, uh, earlier when I described the Fangwood, these trees go up like 100 feet, and there's always like a canopy above you. Um, but yeah, this is just like an open spot where you're at underneath the canopy. Can she Not see the sky? Uh, not, not very well, no. So she'll look up for a long time trying to find this guy, not see anything, and then take a deep breath and try to calm herself down and prepare herself to keep watch while everyone else sleeps. Can I, can I role play Volus doing something a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And can I interject right before you get into that scene? Um, do we have any, uh, what's it called? The thing that heals us left? The thing that heals us. Thing that heals uh, channel. Us. Channel. The channels of the Cure Light Wounds spells. Do we have any, any things that will get expended before the end of the day? I guess oh, and spells might. that right. Orin could... Yeah, we can okay. channel light energy. Yeah, we can just handle that later. I just wasn't yeah. sure. Okay, back to you, Andrew. I was going to say, since Volus had been asleep, he's he's also got some energy. So he he probably stirred while the two of them were talking, um, and uh, while the two of them were talking, just kind of like lumbers over to Orin, who's asleep, and just sniffs around him. You know, kind of just nosing around, seeing. What, investigating Orin then uh, after um, Aiden falls asleep he does the same thing just kind of sniffs Aiden, Aiden a little bit and then uh, I feel like he would just kind of get a sense of Nari not feeling too well and kind of sticks his nose into her hand as she's sitting there and just kind of like nudges his head <laughs> under her and just kind of sits plops down next to her and just, just kind of <laughs> chilling there <laughs> She scratches under his chin and says, you are the nicest bear I have ever met. I don't mean to say this to upset you, but I'm not used to being friends with bears. They would attack our tribes on occasion up north, and I won't go any further there. I don't want to upset you, but I am glad to have you here. You are a calming presence in these difficult times, my friend. And she'll pull out a little bit of whatever food they might have and feed it to him. Maybe some apples? <laughs> no. Oh, no. No apples. No. 
Here, here, Volus, it's okay. Yeah, he doesn't just understand to, what she's saying. You're just going to sleep for a little he's, while. He's taken a liking, liking to Nairi since she was feeding him at the last shack, so so he's chilling with her and, and uh, accepts the food she offers him. Good callback. Good callback. Real quick, I was going to ask this to Aiden. As Nayari was explaining this dream and vision and whatnot, what does Aiden think of this? Does he hold any any stock in dreams? Is he at all superstitious about no, stuff No, but like he's that, super freaked out because those sound like his memories, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she uh, was did, mentioned- did Nayari describe the dream? Yeah. Yeah, would he would have he would have listened intently. So yeah. So if she like, described the green the the dream, you'd actually remember one of the names that was given at the at the, at the start. The oh, was a name given? That, I didn't recall. Uh, yeah, the first it was uh, at the very start. Uh, Nayari saw herself or was waving at a, a figure. Said, "I'll be back some other time," or whatever the wording was. Chorus. Chorus. And if she remembered enough to say that. Uh, Aiden, you would actually know that's that's the uh, that's the leader of Grizzledown. That's well, he's like he's basically like the head of Grizzledown, but the head honcho. It's we don't accept leadership. Place. We don't really do that in Nirmathas, but like <laughs> if someone had to be in charge, it would be him. Kind of yeah, I mean, there's there's very few people that actually live there, but he's like their nominal leader. Basically, ah, so he might have pressed a little bit further, and you and I can just role play this out. I think Chase, we had our scene, Sarah, we had our scene. Um, we'll be like, um, was it the same figure that was at the bridge, or did she only see him at the beginning? Uh, what was that situation? It's just a passing figure that she was waving to as she left Gristledown. Okay, and I inferred, although this still might not be true, there's plenty of people that go to Gristledown. I'm not the only one, but uh, those are remarkably similar to my memories. He is a big fan of the rabbit food. He likes that. And he spent some time in in Gristledown, and the kind of like I think the sense of emotions that she described that she had like during the dream or for the person she was feeling for, who knows what that was. I think that he too has a sense of empathy for that situation, and I don't know if it's like some kind of odd comfort or if it's unsettling. Like I can't, I can't quite. It's probably a bit of both. Like you know, he's starting to feel isolated again. Like and because he had his trust betrayed, which really hurts. But like this group seems to start to be coming together, and he's probably doing that like overly attached, latching on really early kind of thing. Like he really wants a family or like someone to feel close to, and so I think that like guides a lot of his feelings about this group. Um, and I think that the those conflicted emotions all kind of play out as Niari's talking and he's listening as intently as he can, but he's also kind of drifting to sleep at that point. I'm assuming that this will kind of happen after their initial conversation and she'll go into the details as he falls asleep. Okay. And uh, as you guys all take your turns taking watch and, and uh, eventually time passes and morning comes and you're not harassed. Nothing, nothing comes during your sleep and you all wake up. The next morning, and uh, I would assume that with channels the night before and your natural healing, probably everybody's at full. Yep, everyone should be. I've oh. never been better. Thank- I took no damage. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. 
That was another fun combat, although I was very sad that my sleeping arrow didn't hit and I expended my sleeping arrow. <laughs> oh well, it wouldn't have really mattered in any other circumstance except then that DC is so stupidly low, you might as well not fire the arrow. <laughs> it really okay. desperate. So you guys wake up, and uh, what do you do? You have the day, I can move us all back to the yeah, hex map here. Back to the hex map, I think. What the heck? And- I'm going to take another what? swing at that necklace. What the heck? Yeah. Everybody who can roll spellcraft can do that. Sorry, Josh. I had to. <laughs> Certainly try. I know nothing about magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <Justin>. Yeah. <laughs> passively cheating. I'll roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we will we'll just lump those together. Uh and uh, that is enough to hit the DC of this item, and it is a amulet of natural armor plus one. Nice. I, I just pictured everybody just kind of like crowded around, like shoulder to shoulder, just looking at this thing like, ooh, what is it? So one thing that might be interesting is Nayari looks at it, and she will kind of just say, Oh, I, I believe this is a, an amulet of natural armor. I've seen it before. And she'll hand it to Aiden and say, Do you agree? Is this is do you think this is an amulet of natural armor? Uh sorry, I was having a conversation with the GM. Yes, of course it is. Obviously. Do I know? <laughs> uh from do you have spellcraft? I don't. Then you do not know. He shrugs. Oh, okay. Well, um. it's a, it's good for defense if you need extra defense in battle. I don't uh, know maybe. who would be best to wear it. Well, maybe then I will take it. It could help. And I'll kind of look around, see if anyone else wants it. Maybe we should roll for it. What, what are your ACs, everybody? <laughs> he said that in character. <laughs> Let's yeah. de- let's decide who should get it based on the AC. Well, I'm pretty good with a bow, and I'm also pretty good at not being hit. <laughs> One of those is true. My AC is thirteen. <laughs> Yikes, your noodles, fam! Do you not wear armor? I have padded armor and a cloak I- of resistance. I think. Amulets. Oh, I can't. I don't want to wear it. I'm already wearing an amulet, so that goes without saying. But I believe that Volus could also wear it. I think animal companions can wear. Yeah, but Volus with some bling. But it's natural armor, so I think bears have already got one stack with this. One stack. I'm assuming it is a natural armor plus one bonus, not a plus eight thousand. So plus <laughs> no, it's only a plus one. Oh, okay. So if more than one of you want it, you could roll off for it. Um, Theros wouldn't elect to take it right off the bat. That's just not who he is. He would just he yeah, would take it if nobody else wants make- to. Theros wear stuff. Right. We're gonna Theros, have please, wear for your armor. own well-being, put this on. <laughs> well, I mean, like, he wouldn't <laughs> no, ask no, for I it, but if, if somebody else offered it to him, like, nobody else was going to take it, he would wear it. But he would uh-huh. be the last to uh, to elect to wear it. I don't know if Iden should get it if he's just going to run away every combat. <laughs> what can I say? I do think that Iden <laughs> would, like, 
bide for it. But if somebody said, like, uh, what if Theros wants it? He'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, Theros, would you like it? <laughs> kind of thing. He's he's a little passive at the moment these days. Um, for context, I don't know which one is better in game terms, so I don't think it matters. I think we can just kind of go to whatever. Okay. Oh. Um, well, Theros would be like, well... If no one else will take it, I, I'd be happy to wear it. And I, th- I thank you. Warren, do you want it? I think a roll will be the best way to resolve this one. No, I, I don't. No, then just give it to Theris. Because I just, I, my AC is pretty solid. I'm not, I don't really need a buff right, right this second. Um, <laughs> I will say, just like... If we give it to the person with the lowest AC, that obviously helps pad us as a group. If we give it to the person with the highest AC, it helps them tank things a little bit better, especially if they're the DPS guy. But in Pathfinder, it doesn't matter because there's no such thing as a tank because you can't actually gain aggro. So, I will say, given how Theros is played, <laughs> you end up in melee combat pretty frequently. <laughs> which is fine. Your character, play him how you want, but... Just, just stating. If we look back at our combats, you typically are somehow in the melee in every fight. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's setting up flanking with Volus, which is a big yes, plus. Which is fine. I also totally don't have fine. much in the way of 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 spells that can help outside of that right. yet. At least stuff that won't also harm everybody else, like Entangle, <laughs> is going to. This is me encouraging you to take uh, it. Too. Yeah, so I'll take <laughs> yeah. it. So go ahead and give it to Theros. It's a, what is it again? Necklace of Amulet. 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 Natural armor plus one. And you can add it as you're under the additional. Go to your AC items and you go ahead and add that. Make sure the equip mark is checked. And then under NAT for natural, you can put one. All right. It is natural. All right. I will you'll want to switch the type to be miscellaneous. Otherwise, it'll take it as medium armor and slow you down. Got it. Yes. As everybody's eating breakfast the next morning, Nayari will recount in detail the dream that she had and stress again her belief that it is actual events that either happened or will happen. Concerning food, I'm assuming we can take a little bit of time in the morning to go hunting or snare traps and, and get stuff, hopefully. Yep. You don't want some apples? No, you wake Tempe. up the hungry morning, for apples. All of the apples are just smashed, just all over, off in the side of the little somewhere, just all over the place, just garbage. Stupid apples. <laughs> we probably should head back to camp to check on everyone. I agree. I think that is a good idea. To okay. camp then. Yes, so you guys to. make your way back to camp. And uh, just so you know, these squares that are explored here, technically, since you haven't been to camp yet, they wouldn't be explored for your characters. Right. So I'm still going to do the double movement thing. So one, uh, two, three, four to get back. That's the two, four, six, seven. But well, we have more movement these days. How much? Right. Do you have? Yeah. I was trying to see how many hexes it took us to get back because you can't see the hexes. Seven. Yeah, the map of the camp, the hex that the camp is on that you would have had explored, but the three leading up to it technically wouldn't have been explored by you yet. You haven't been back there to talk to right. your 
right. adventurees. But once can, we do, we can assume that yes. we figure out the layout. Can yes. we roll survival as PCs to get provision points for the camp? You can if you take the day to do so. Oh. I don't want to do that. <laughs> nope. Okay, nope. I've got to drop some stuff off in camp because I'm encumbered in at the moment. Oh, are you really? Yeah, I'm carrying wow. this masterwork white mace, masterwork short bow, hide shirt. It's been a it's been a hot minute since I've actually investigated my own uh, equipment sheets. So is everybody that. is everybody aiding Oren in their survival checks? Yes, I'll roll yeah. in one moment. Just. Okay. Oh, I'm no longer unconscious. Let's. I don't have to roll to aid, or do I have to? I have to roll to aid. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I aided. Nice. All right. I aided. Okay. So with that, you hit the DC 20 to move. (laughs) Now we're doing... 16 hexes. <laughs> so you, you, sir. You take seven hexes worth of movement to get to camp. You have nine hexes left, but uh, we will go over the myriad of things that happen as you guys return to camp. It is a myriad. So, first thing, you guys come back to camp and you see uh, Auburn is, has returned. Like Auburn has returned. She has finished leaving all of her messages. Uh, for any rangers in the area and she sees you guys return to camp and she says says oh it's it's good to it's good to see that you're back uh how how was it i i know that you guys before i went out i know that you guys went to check out on Feindar. what information did you find could you could you see how many hobgoblins there were did you were they getting ready to scout the Fangwood? Could you see where they're getting their supplies? And she's asking all these questions about what information you gained at Feindar. I, I'm sorry. I steered us away from that direction, probably foolishly. We did not end up going to Feindar. We thought it more prudent in the moment to get supplies for the camp. With that said, though, I do feel that should be our next course of action. And she'll kind of explain her dream as well to Auburn. More looking for if Auburn recognizes this person or the names that were in dream. She doesn't, she's trying to get a sense of is like, is this true? Is this something that may have happened already? Is this something that's going to happen? She'll say, well, I, I don't know anything about, um, I don't know who it was that this, that this other woman in your dream you're talking about, but I know Chorus. I've met him before. He's a he's a fine fellow. Um, so I mean, there's there's definitely some merit in your dream, but I couldn't tell you what it means. And when you when you were earlier saying that you guys didn't go to Feindar, she kind of looks down. She's like, "Well, I I understand your thought process, but." I think having information at this point would be invaluable to us. We don't know exactly what we're dealing with. If you are going back to Feindar, just try to keep an eye out, try to see exactly what it is that we're up against, and if there's anything we can do to to deal with it, to fight back in a sense. It's been so many days, I fear what we will find when we get there, but I do think it's necessary to see and to stop anyone from going should they be heading that direction. Uh, it, it, it would have been 
would have been best if it had been earlier, but I don't know. It's, it's up to you, but I do think that getting information would be a good idea here. Uh, it might have been best, but Niari, I do not think was wrong. It is important that you and everyone here is safe now. So. Yes, well, actually, that does bring us to another bit of information. And then she kind of leads you to some of the tents. And uh, as you open up one of the makeshift tents that they have, one of the larger ones they were able to assemble, you see that there are five individuals in this tent who are laying uh, on mats. It seems that they are wounded. You notice Jet, Rena, Ice, Cledon, and Pharaoh. All of these are people that were sent out survival checking for for supplies. Tice and Rena were aiding Jet, and Cleedon and Pharaoh were doing their own checks. And you see, they are all wounded. It looks like Jet has sustained the most damage. Looks like maybe uh, a broken leg. It's definitely pierced, and uh, they're they're trying to uh, they're they're trying to tend to that. Rena and Tice are bruised up pretty bad, but they're not as bad. You think that, you know, with a little bit of magical healing, which they can provide, they're both adepts, um, they'll be good the next morning to continue. But Jet is probably going to have to take at least a day off. Cledon and Pharaoh, they look like they have relatively minor injuries comparatively to the other three. Um, just some cuts and scrapes, really. Uh, nothing, nothing too bad. But uh, as you enter the the tent you can hear them arguing you can hear Cleedon and Pharaoh arguing and they're just like that was that was terrible I'm not going out there again we went out there we almost died it was terrible you think I'm going to go out there again and do that no way and they're just kind of going on about all this stuff and um, one of the actually it's uh, Lirosa and Tidell are in there as well talking to these guys and as you guys enter they both look at you and I'm sure you guys have a you know, a reaction, a confused reaction as you see all of this, maybe asking, like, what happened or something. Can I interject? Real yeah, quick? absolutely. It's another situation that I really wish I was Elwood. I, it's going to be fun to role play Aiden in this situation, but Elwood would have some words <laughs> that I'll miss out on. It's okay. Yeah, so, you know, Cleon and Pharaoh are the two merchants. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just say, who sent you out? Who would be foolish enough to make you do things like that? Could be us. We did that. Yeah. Collectively. It's a, so, it's a joint effort. Lirosa and Tidell, they kind of look up to you guys and says and uh Tidell says, Well, judging from what they said and Jet's injury, it's pretty clear that they ran in into Gashmaw's territory. Gashmaw? Do I know what they are? Make a knowledge nature check. No. Anybody who has knowledge in nature. Whoa, I don't oh. think I can beat that, but I'll give it a shot. Did you say gosh? Yes. Why Lose can't we roll picture. these on attack rolls? Or in Ooh. combat to learn some useful information. Yeah. Ooh, then some great attack rolls. Yeah, that um, would have been sick. Yeah, I'll say, uh, Aiden, you have heard of Gashma. You're not super fa- you're not super familiar with the details, but you've definitely heard rumors. Um Nayari and uh, Theros, though, you guys have heard a lot more. Theros, yeah. you might have actually seen this creature with that role. Um, Gashma is a notoriously ill-tempered dire boar. 
Um, he he gets his uh, name from his large <laughs> from his his large tusks, which he will often kind of rub them against trees, making distinctive circular patterns on the bark. Uh, and that's how a lot of people know when they're in his territory. Theros, you might have seen him once, and ever since you have made a, a an effort to steer clear of his territory. And uh, you would know that it's to the north. His, his territory is due north, quite a ways from where you're currently at. Um, like way up into this area mm-hmm. somewhere, like in the northern area. You're like not 100% where sure. Where that icon is? What icon? This this icon? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, oh. nor- it's more north than that. It's deeper yeah. into the forest. Oh, so they, they didn't travel that far north. No, but his territory is wide. Ah, uh, well, I was also going to wonder. Jet didn't go scouting, but she went hunting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I looked at. Uh, I rolled a. I rolled a die, and I looked at all the people who could have been in any certain direction, and so I randomly chose five people, and those were the five people. And so I just said that they went out together. Uh, Rena and Tice, who specifically had aiding Jet. Jet might have been showing Cleedon and Pharaoh the ropes or something like that. But um, they had all gone up there, and and they'll kind of describe how they went, you know, north a ways and maybe a little bit too far, but uh, they must have either gotten into the edge of Gashma's territory or maybe he came too far south more so than they expected, but they ran into this dire boar that is pretty infamous. And uh, the story goes that Jet, defended the others and took one of the tusks right into the leg and that's probably what resulted in Ooh. her injury uh rena and tice then stepped in to protect her probably got uh kicked or something that's where their bruises probably came from but once all five of them made their presence it seems like gashmal probably was scared off due to just the numbers um it doesn't sound like cleedon and pharaoh actually helped in the combat they were kind of just there um, but yeah, so they, they returned to camp injured and they, uh, they've been there since last night and, uh, Rena and Tice have already done all of the healing necessary. It's just that with the leg, it's going to probably take a day for her to recover. So the next NPC action, she will be out of commission for one day. It's worth her time. That's too bad. She makes the food. She can still get her plus one passive bonus just from being in camp, but she can't do the actual hunting so that is another thing that they they mentioned to you also while you're in camp uh, unless you guys wanted to role play that out we can go to the next thing that happens well how much are the two merchants complaining they're just kind of going on they're like hey i'm, I'm not going out there again i mean did you I, the thing was huge we could have died i mean like I mean, I understand that we're in a bad position here, but it's not worth going out there and just dying in the middle of the forest. And they're just kind of going on like that. Um, yeah, I think he is. I think Aiden's going to actually like just interject and say in the tone of under your breath, but loud enough so everyone can hear. But you didn't die. <laughs> kind of observation. Uh, Pharaoh looks up and he kind of scowls at you and he says, yeah, not this time, but who knows what would happen next time. It's like I said, I'm not going out there again. 
It's too risky. Then what will you do to help out here in camp? Because everyone has to pull their weight in some form. Others are not going to risk their lives for you to eat while you sit and do nothing. Say, so, oh, we'll help out around the camp. That's fine. But going out there in the forest, I mean, it's dangerous. We're not trained warriors. We can't barely defend ourselves. It's dangerous here. You could very easily be beset upon by a creature here in the camp. Well, and then it's what safer will you do? here Run than away. out there. At least think- Auburn's here. I mean... We don't, we're not residents of Fainer, but we know about Auburn. I mean, if worse comes to worse, she can at least do something to protect the camp. So, so Aiden doesn't say this out loud, but it crosses his mind that, like, oh, man, this really isn't actually that defensible at all. <laughs> you know, like, thank God that they can, or thank the gods that they can believe this illusion. But, like, if they actually get set upon, it would be very, very bad. Um, so that thought crosses his mind, and he probably... Is quiet then for the rest of the conversation while they keep talking. Theros, uh, Theros, uh, wanting to try to calm everybody down and bring everybody kind of back together. Just we'll, we'll just kind of say, gentlemen, gentlemen, you are absolutely right. Grimshaw is not what is his name? Creature's name? Gashmore. Gash, Gashmore is not a beast to be easily trifled with. But I have to commend you both. And everyone here on your bravery in facing the beasts. It's not easy to go against your own nature and step out of your comfort zone to uh, face the challenges we all are, have before us. But it's something we must do. And whether it's here or out in the wilds, you may be called upon to act for more than just yourselves. It would be wise to keep that in mind. Roll a diplomacy. I would like to aid and chime in. Okay, what would you like to say as you aid? I think what Theros said is true. I mean, which of you asked to be in the Fangwood today or ever? You're not truly free now. And to fight for true freedom will take sacrifices to get there. You must stand for Nemathis. And he kind of looks around at his companions. Like we'll stand. We'll have your back. But you've got to have ours. And he'll say okay. that. Roll to aid. Yes, sir. Good thing I have a minus one in diplomacy and it's not <laughs> trade. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you do aid. So you two both say that and... um Theros, as you're commending them for their bravery, Cleedon kind of like looks up. And he's like, oh, I mean, I mean, yes, we could, we could have just run away, you know. I mean, we we stayed behind. We did help. And then he's kind of like, he likes being flattered, saying that like he did well. <laughs> uh, he's like, yes, I mean, we 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 helped drag Jet back. Just so you know, like they might not have made it back without us. And then he just kind of puts his hands up and he does like a hmm, just saying. <laughs> I want to um, look at at Jet's reaction to that. I'm assuming she's in the room. Yeah, she's conscious. Uh, she's in pain. She's in pain, but she's conscious, and she kind of just like uh, it's like a half laugh, but she kind of plays Stifled. it off as a grunt so that she that that they don't think she's laughing at them. But yeah, she it looks like she's taking it well. Her condition, like she's a, she's pretty tough. But when he says that, it's kind of like a laugh that she tries to pretend wasn't a laugh. Um, 
And then uh, the other one, he says, well, I mean, you, you do bring up a good point. But here, like I said, I'm not going out there alone. We, that's too dangerous again. I mean, we went as a group of five and we barely made it back. That's too dangerous. And they but, also reply, just interject, none of us are in this alone. And that's what makes this camp, our, our, you know, our group important. We have to stay together. We're not asking you to do this on your own. He says, right, well... I, I know you four are the warriors of the group. You guys are like the leaders. You're the fighters. I get that. You're good at what you do. <laughs> if only he had seen our roles. Look, you know, it's true. I'm pretty good with a bow. <laughs> look, if you, if you can promise us that you'll do everything you can to keep this place safe, you know, do everything you can to make sure that, you know, we're not getting attacked by these wild animals every time and we're not on risking our lives just to make it back with a couple scraps of food if you can if you can promise promise us that you'll do everything you can then you know i'll, I'll give it another shot you have my word i, I give you mine as well we're all nermothy right we're all in this together he pulls out a notebook and he's like okay three days and i want gashma dead no <laughs> Um, I will Challenge be adding accepted. that to the quest log, though. It will side quest. Okay. Handle Gashma. Also, oh my gosh, I really wish Elwood was there when you said, we're all Nermothy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Nermothy. Sweats nervously. <laughs> so, so, as you guys are finishing that up and you start to leave the tent, we'll say... Um, you're met by uh, Sir Dehudwal, <laughs> who was one of the. One I like Dudewall better, Sir Dudewall. We can we can say that Sir Dudewall. <laughs> Sir Dudewall. So he walks up to you and says, "Oh, hello. I don't know if I've introduced myself. I'm Sir Dehudwal. Uh, I'm sorry, Sir Dudewall. As I <laughs> as I go by around here, back back in Tamlin, they always called me Dehudwal, but you guys, I guess, have a hard time pronouncing that. So Dude Wall, it is. Uh, yes, I'm the Dude Wall. Um, it's the accent. I'm really sorry. I'm not from here. I try my best, but the H is hard. Yes, I, I understand. I've how given do you up on how it. do you say it? It's it's, it's Dude Wall. Well, yes, back in back in Tamarind, they'd say Dude Wall. It seems like a needless pause that you just say Dude Wall. Well, look, I don't go around criticizing your names now, do I? It just seems unnecessary to me. That that's fair, though, Niadi. I think. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to tell you guys something. I was out scouting, you know, and uh, so I went up north. Ways. <laughs> Justin, are you okay? Oh yeah. No, I'm downstairs, so I don't want the kids. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, so I was, I was so I was gonna there, tell y'all you know. something pretty plot relevant, you know. Y'all, uh, so, y'all keep talking. So I heard somebody telling something about like there being a, a hermit up north. So I was looking in that direction, and you know, I actually managed to find uh, a shack up there. And there's an old woman there that's probably the hermit that everybody was talking about. Her name's Veld, by the way. Uh, terrible temper that one. So I went up, and I, all I said was hello, 
you know, we're in a dire situation here. Anything you can do to help us out? And uh, you know what she said to me? She said to me, she's like, those strong enough to survive will do so. And then she shooed me away. So I don't know what you guys want to do with that. I just wanted to let you know that I found the hermit and she has a, a terrible personality. Uh, yeah. I couldn't, I, like, I couldn't talk any sense into her. So Sounds like a comedian sketch to me. Like, So one day, I went <laughs> yeah. to visit this hermitess, and would you believe she said to me? I just was waiting for a punchline I, I, or something. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You know, like, <laughs> My new we're, in a, we're in a dire situation here. You'd think that, you know, you'd, you'd think a decent human being would A person okay would have. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he looks at Aiden, he's like, I know, right? Like, that's what I was thinking. But uh, nope, nope, she uh, she just wasn't having any of it. So I don't know if maybe you guys can talk some sense into the old crone, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's all I wanted to say. Well, so, uh, thank you for your efforts, Sir Hoodwall. Sir Dudewall is what you guys say. The Hoodwall is what I go by back in Tamarin, but like I said, it's been years. I've gotten used to either one. So. Well, I'll, I'll try to say the Hoodwall. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Hoodwall. <laughs> Thank I will you. Right Said the Hoodwall. Oh, Theros. That was very good. He kind of, kind of nods. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Sure. And uh, kind of turns and starts going about his business. Great. And now um, I gotta integrate swallowing H's in my accent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so next up, uh, you are you are confronted by Kining, who was the other scout that you had going out. Ah, oh, Justin's nemesis. Kining <laughs> just kind of walks up and she's like, "Well, I know you told me to go out and scout in the area, and I, I have been doing that. I've been going around. I've been looking around, and I found a couple things. Well, I found one thing, not a couple things." Uh, out, out, uh, out to the the west there, a little bit northwest. Uh, there's a there's a wolf den that I found. Yeah, I didn't get too close. I saw that there was a there was a wolf there currently, so I didn't think it'd be wise to get too close. But uh, I, like I said, I, I was a ways off, but it looked like the wolf might have been about to give birth. I don't know. I don't know if like there's something interesting about the wolf den. Like all I know is you guys said to scout around the area, report back anything interesting. That was the most interesting thing that I found. So, it's uh, to the north, northeast, northwest. Sorry. Um. <laughs> would um, would I didn't know about this wolf den? Um, probably not that one specifically. Like there are animal dens around. You might have been to that one, but it might not have been occupied by a wolf at the time. I just kind of know thing. that there are wolves there. It's not unknown. Yeah, yeah. This Ooh. makes sense to you that she would have encountered a wolf den over there. I have half a mind. Like, maybe he would know, like, a wolf kind of thing, because he's been through that place pretty often. And yeah, it's pretty close. That. What she directs you to is pretty close to Gristledown. Right. So he might have, like, little pet names for wolves that he sees. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, great. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Well, so I think there are so many... Out. There's so many different directions we have to go that clearly the only option is to split up. I think that is very wise, Nyari. Like I said, I will always trust you. <laughs> Listen, I have an intelligence of eight. I don't always make good decisions. 
no, that's not a good decision. That was Josh, by the way. I, I truly think there are things that we need to do in the forest, but I really feel like we need to understand what's happening in Feindar. And like you had mentioned before, Aiden, I am willing to go alone if that is what it takes. I need to know what's happening and I need to know if this dream means anything. It is as we, I said to Orin last night, we all need to trust each other. We all need to stand together as we just spoke with our recent companions. Nayari, I, like you, don't put much stock in the gods, but it would seem fate wants us to return towards Feindor, at least for a glimpse. So I'm with you. Maybe, maybe fate is at hand. But I don't know. I, I thank you, Vern. This one lasts. So, uh, yeah, I think that I am okay with doing that. I have a question. If we wanted to start moving the camp, what would mechanically have to happen to get them to start moving? Where are they going? Towards Gristledown, I would think. Wolfden? Yes, right? Probably clear that out first. Uh, So so having them go in that direction, I would say since they're going as a bigger group and they have to tear things down and, and carry all the Maybe they can go like a hex them. a day or something? Yeah, I would say to prevent it from being too annoyingly slow, I'd say two hexes a day they could get pretty easily because they'd have to they'd have to unpack and then they'd have to make shelters. Like, they could bring some of the shelter with them so they wouldn't have to build up from scratch, but they'd have to, like, reset up for the night right. before they get there. Mechanically, so I'd say, though, it worked like a free action. It just it would involve some moving, or how would you tie up NPC actions if we did that, if at all? Um, I would say, hmm. I I would say that they could probably just uh, since they wouldn't be able to move too terribly long. I would say that you could do normal NPC actions. However, Tice and Rena would probably have to stay behind to help uh, Jet and um, and Auburn is still still somewhat wounded from before, mm-hmm. and Ilica to help them move. But the rest could probably do their normal actions. Sure, I think that's fair. Like, in, like you know, if you consider like you go out hunting, if you know where to come back to, like they say, hey, we're going to move this way, kind of thing, and you're semi-familiar with the areas they might yeah. start being more familiar like we are i think that's reasonable so we'll we'll keep that in the back of our mind as a future action we can consider taking yeah. and if you have enough people staying behind to like maintain the herd then technically those people could also be helping do other right. things at the same time so yeah exactly. that, that's do just we want to make sure that gristle down is okay first yeah i was gonna say oh gonna absolutely we're not gonna have yeah. a gristle down yeah, yeah. No. because gonna... this giant tower could show up there as well yeah. just because it popped up in Fainter, yeah. it could have popped up in gristle down as well i'm just saying there's no way that i'm sending them two hexes a day all the way to gristle down no but they could start moving that way that when we meet up with them we could make some some ground a little better but, mm-hmm. but no we absolutely should clear the path first i think or at least travel with them 
because there's also the hunter's cabin, which could provide shelter, but that's cave somewhere. somewhere. Is that here? It should be. Oh, you know that it's, it's in the areas of the northeast. So it's oh. still further this way, somewhere. Yeah. And again, it might not be exactly northeast because it's a hex map, but mm-hmm. to the northeast. Right. Maybe there, maybe there, maybe there, maybe there, maybe there. That would be due north, so it's not that. Maybe I think there. we could. It'd be somewhere to... in that general area. Yeah. Were we able to infer that this over here was the cave that York was talking about, or do we not know that? Um, Is that a fair you know, or no? You know that he told you about a cave of lizard folk um, to the northeast, and you see on his map a place marked as Children of Stone. That's all you could... But we don't know who the Children of Stone are. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Not by Should... that name, at least. Okay. Could we get all the way to the bridge with our remaining movement? Uh, you have nine hexes worth, so eight, ten, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen. Yeah, you have plenty of movement to get there today. So That's we can get all the risk. That's a sketch. So scary. I don't want to go back. Sarah's being baited by her own brother. I say we do it. I didn't want it to go to begin with. and was like talked down by Family. Name. Right, yeah. and I love that dynamic. That it was like, Iden, you're being selfish. How dare you not <laughs> to go back to Fendar? And then Sarah's like, "Listen, I had a dream, guys. So <laughs> yeah, we're definitely yeah, going back. It's not lost on Iden. I think he actually might. Well, well there's more campfire seeds to be had. Well, so to be fair, there's Nayari was prepared to go back the next day. We just she just wanted to get those apples back to the camp and then she was prepared to go to Fiendar with him the next day and then mm. everybody else was like eh, let's go south instead and we don't need to go back and see and so it's not that she doesn't want to go back it was just a matter of timing oh, at that particular don't you moment. worry you can prep all the defenses you want that'll come up later I distinctly remember that uh, she said that but because she called Aiden selfish he's like you know what I'm never going back to Fiendar Screw I'm going the opposite guys. direction <laughs> <laughs> I'm going as far from Feindar as possible. I'm going to say that that was the line. I really think that Check he would have been one. like, yeah, I think that he would not have behaved unless she had accused him of selfishness. Yep. Okay. Any, any, yep. Anything else, and he would have absolutely been like, no, forget you. Like, I am Nirmathi. You know, like, I do what I want. It's <laughs> our excuse for everything. I am Nirmathi. Yeah, it's like... This is how we live in Yenmathas. If you don't like it, you can go to the next town over. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we headed? What are we doing, group? All the way to Feindar, man. All the way. All right, let's go. All right. Blaze it. Blaze as it. You guys, as you guys leave the camp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all We're going all the way to Feindar, guys. Right to Feindar. Roll right up. <laughs> actually, there are one or two hobgoblins I wanted to have a quick combo with. Can we have a roleplay yeah. moment? <laughs> so as you guys are leaving the camp, Auburn does uh, stop you one more time. She just says, uh, before you head out, I just wanted to <laughs> tell you one more thing. I forgot about it until just now. There was a lot that I had to cover there. Um, over the past two nights, the camp has heard some disturbing noises, screams. 
Oh, stop. Oh, I have chills. Like, oh, stop. Two nights ago, two nights ago, to the south, uh, to the southeast, southwest, sorry, in the direction of Fandar, we heard what sounded like a man screaming. Oh, no. uh, Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We heard it there at the as as the sun started to, to fade and it lasted a couple hours and then eventually it just went silent. Oh jeez. And then last night we heard screaming again, this time it was a woman. Again, right at the right at dusk we heard the screaming and then a couple hours just going by until it just went quiet. Just wanted to let you know that it you know, people are getting nervous around here. They're they're having a hard time sleeping with that noise, and nobody really wanted to volunteer to check it out in the middle of the night. So, just wanted to make you aware of of that as well. <laughs> I was like, like, nope. Mm-mm, sorry, we're not going to Fandar now. Heck, no. Can we revisit the uh, <laughs> quest log? I have our objectives currently listed as find the secluded hermit to the north which we are aware of but have not dealt with um we've learned that she has a bit of an attitude which we already knew find a path to gristle down to the northwest um check the abandoned hunter's lodge to the northeast we also have gained new side quest thanks to jason's dming <laughs> Explore the caves to the northeast of New York City, also known as Centaur's Meeting, which is inhabited by lizard people. Hunt Ga- Gashma in the north and investigate the screams to the southwest. Uh, we also, that is partially, um, look upon Fender to gain intel. Is there anything else I missed? I think that's it all. Sounds pretty, pretty much it, I think. I think that sounds pretty much it. However, not complaining. This is great storytelling, and if this was a video game, I would be loving it just like now. But it is one step forward, seven steps back at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've so, completed two of our tasks and have gained three. Yep. So what uh, what directions are you going where how are you how are you proceeding here 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 we've yep. traveled that spaces before seven eight nine ten so that's ten out of sixteen to get it get to where the farm is no you're miscounting we already we had to start to here from here remember we moved this way already yeah so oh, I got two four six you already explored the camp so that's seven you explored these ones so eight nine ten to get to the farm gotcha gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. so you still have then- six sexes of movement after that Yep, so five, I think. Okay, is everybody in agreement with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. No oh boy. Let me review that. There you go. Then I think that it's one of those situations where we can get there both ways. Jason, I have not submitted a final answer yet. I'm just running it by the party for a moment. I think five. Uh, wait. One, two, three, four, ha, four or five. Yeah, it will be good. And then the last one should reveal Feindar. So would you like to go this way or this way? I don't care. I still can't get over these screaming. That's oh, freaking me out in real life. 
Go with five. I think five is the right answer. Yeah. The music bot stopped working too. If it left the chat, you can summon it back. It hasn't. It's still in the chat. Okay. I, I wish I could kick it. It went a long time ago. I shouldn't say anything. Okay. I was in the moment. I was role playing, you know? So number five it is. <laughs> Josh was giving uh, the speech from the Patton movie. Well, you're a man, aren't you? Slapping <laughs> them, you know. Let me oh. just reveal here. What could Curse that rod. We just had to go to Fandar, didn't we? Three hours of scary, creepy, dark suspense horror movie. There we Music. go. That's better. No, Instrumental Halloween. <laughs> So you guys make it over there. Um, I'll just move your icon over here. Okay, there we go. Thank you, Sarah, for fixing that. Is it working now? I don't yes. hear it. Oh, so oh. We, we actually have a hex movement luck because we ended up in oh, the edge of the forest. You have 10, 12, 14. You have two hexes of movement left. Right, because we didn't actually. Yep. We, we're that close to seeing. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, you were right there, which is why I had all of that prepared. <laughs> And you just went the opposite direction. So oh, you, you were like, I'm going to make them go back so all my preparation isn't wasted. Y'all are like, if they don't go back, I'm going to kill all of them and their backup characters will start there. Uh, no. Oh, shoot, that'd be awesome. Uh, no. So um, you guys make it to, to the edge of the Fangwood. And you guys are looking in and uh, you can see 300 feet from the uh, bridge and uh, this is nearing the end of the day so it's it's not it's not like dim light or anything but it's starting to get close to dusk and you guys can see Fangar and uh, you approach the edge the Fangwood ca- forest careful not to expose yourself to the prying eyes of the hobgoblins beyond and you see what remains of Fangar more than half the buildings and all of the Hundreds of tents that once made up the town during the market festival have been burned or torn down. In the distance, you see where the Riverwood Shrine once stood is now nothing more than rubble. As you continue surveying the scene, you pick up on more and more details. Everybody roll a perception check. Oh, that's like the worst I've ever rolled a perception. That's literally a one. Because I have plus <laughs> ten. One. Oh. Ooh, Aiden okay. coming through. So Aiden and Nayari notice more than the other two. All of you notice, you know, first off, you see the black stone tower in the middle of the market green, standing over 60 feet tall. Its roughly circular shape seems to have expanded somewhat at the base and is now between 100 to... 80 feet in diameter. Oh my gosh. Uh, Aiden, this is the, your first time seeing it. Second, um, all of you can see hundreds upon hundreds of hobgoblins working around the town. Many are still tearing down buildings using what few pieces of good lumber they find to begin erecting a wooden barricade around the town itself. Other hobgoblins are in groups performing training sessions, training exercises. Uh, others still you see moving supplies back and forth or setting some aside in small portions, possibly for scouting missions. Uh, Aiden and Nayari, you both notice 
that there is a makeshift fence erected in the area in front of the tower in the market green. Half a dozen pairs of hobgoblin guards patrol the outside of the fence. It's a it's a, a ways off, so you're not getting very many details, but you can see like ant-sized figures patrolling this fence. Uh, inside, you see hundreds of people. Uh, it's it's too far to tell if they are bound or or whatnot, but you do see some of them kind of moving a little bit. You notice as you look closer, there are far too few people in the fenced area, probably close to a third or half fewer than you would have expected to see given the number of people that were at the market festival. Um, you, you begin wondering where the others are and as you continue looking around, straining your eyes, it's getting darker here. It, you didn't immediately see some of these details, but you begin to see them. Bodies cover the sides of the few remaining structures present in Feindar. The Feindar Bridge is lined with dozens of bodies on either side, hanging from the neck. And as you focus on the bridge, you see that the crane next to it has been lifted up and shifted and swung over the bridge so that the tip of it now hangs directly above the bridge's center and from the tip of the bra- of the from the tip of the crane hangs a single body and as you all narrow your eyes and you watch the body slowly rotates and nayari you can see as it rotates around the beaten and bloody face of a now dead Elwood with the Iron Fang Legion symbol painted over his armor. And that is all that you see from Feindar at this glance. What all do you want to do? Is there anything specific you want to do now that you have seen it? I already shaking with rage but she can't do anything she like can barely keep herself together she keeps like stroking the handle of her her axe and she wants to so badly just run across but she knows that's suicide Ida, this so, is your first time seeing yeah. the Black Tower. This is the first time seeing the Riverwood Shrine is in rubble. Bodies everywhere. What do you, what do you make of this? So nights prior, uh, after everyone had gone to sleep, and various times as we were out exploring the Fangwood, um, Iden has been taking moments to himself uh, to pray to Arastal and Desna and uh, even Phrasma, you know, his, his grandfather was a holy man and, and in his eyes lived a righteous life and it's not unheard of for people to come back from the dead you know it's crazy and wild but you know this is a fantasy world after all and he hadn't entirely abandoned hope yet he hadn't entirely grasped the situation and it, what he said was true he trusted Niari and he believed her from the beginning you know once she told him but 
he came to that opinion. Originally, he was defending his own honor kind of thing. <laughs> Don't, you're not going to call me selfish kind of situation. But now it's really settling in. And uh, I think he's past it. I think he just knows that he can't do anything now. Like, obviously. Um, and Elwood's body doesn't mean anything to him. So for that, it's just another just another victim, so I don't think that affects him at all. But I think what does is you know he's got a vision now. You know, it was just this abstract idea in the past that my grandfather died, my parents died, and my father died in the war. He never really was close with his father. That was a thought, and this was a thought, and that was a thought. This time you can see what was taken from him very clearly and it's burned into his mind. And he's making sure that he doesn't forget. You know, as he's peering through, and he's, you know, the 22 is reflective of his moment. You know, he's looking at everything. He wants to absorb every detail, try to capture every face, get it into his head. Because you can't forget now. Now, now he's got a goal. Now he's got something to take back. Now he knows what to fight for. You know, it's not just for Nirmathis. It's for Feindar. It's for my grandfather. It's for my family. It's for me. And I think that he's processing those kinds of emotions. But to himself, um, maybe he looks around at what his companions are doing. And if he sees, like, anyone shaking or, like, going to take action, maybe he'd, like, put their hand on them. Or, like, if he saw, saw someone grab their blade, he'd, like, kind of just rest it on top kind of wanting to ground himself as much as comfort anyone else that's by him. So that's what he does. Okay. And uh, what are you what all are you doing as you're looking at this scene? How long do you stay etc. Uh, Theros and Orin are probably like, "What do you? Go I don't see anything." What do you guys? What do you guys see? That's <laughs> why I was like, "I was like, am I tall enough?" To Orin's see like, anything? "Give like, oh, do I even know what's going spot. on?" <laughs> After a bit, uh, with Aiden and, and Nayari pointing things out, you guys also start to make out these details. It's just at first you were unable to to make them out as fast. Just horrified. That's awful. So the bodies are literally like attached to the buildings. Is that what you're saying? Like hanging from the buildings? Yeah, from the buildings, a lot of them are hanging from hooks that have been driven into the oh. side of the walls. Uh, from oh. the bridge, since it was made of stone, they had to resort to rope and just hanging the bodies over the edge. Yeah, like just a, a prayer to Torog on that. Good it's, lord. It's a horrifying that scene. That is awful. And that's the thing, is like, those of you who noticed the people in the fence, it's like, there's not enough people there. As you're looking around, it's like, that's where the other people are. Oof. And like you, you know, there were probably a good six hundred people at the market festival. Thirty or so got away with your group. That means several hundred are left behind, and it looks like maybe half of those are now hanging from the walls of the buildings and the bridge. It's just an immense number of people that have been killed. I think this is the day that Aiden learns what hate truly is i think it's the first time he used the word in the past and i think that just like a kid you don't you don't conceptualize what it means to hate someone until now 
and he's a little bit scared of his own like desire like murderous intent you know you can really scare yourself once you start thinking of the evil you'd be capable of you know this is what it would take to bring me to do awful things I think is another thought that crosses his mind okay wow that's rough man this is bringing back some really bad memories for Nayari it's not the first time she's seen Hobgoblin Carnage. <laughs> That's true. Theros is, is too overwhelmed with just sadness at the loss of life to, to feel any hatred at the moment. Like the first thing he's just focused on is the is all the bodies and and he's not a people person, but uh he's such a respecter and appreciator of of life and and joy and peace. And just seeing that utterly, so utterly desecrated in front of him is just uh, devastating. Um, and he's he's just trying to keep from weeping for the families that have been lost. Orange just sullen, just becomes very sullen. There kind of failed. There will be no mercy from me if we ever see a hobgoblin again. There is no saving them. There is no justice for them. There is only death and pain and agony. And I will rip every single one of them apart. If I ever see them again. If we had only gotten here sooner, we may have been able to save some. Oh, but it's... I'm sorry. It's, it, I should never have stopped us from coming. Auburn was right. I needed to see this. Because now I know what I will do. As you guys finish processing all of this, how do you go about leaving? Do you go back the way you came? What's the plan there? We need to find the screaming. Do we see anything in our immediate hex or vicinity? Uh, yeah, if you guys look around a bit, if you go a couple hundred feet into the forest from where you're at, you can see um, a body lying in a creek bed. You mm -hmm. see that the body has been brutalized both before and after death. Its face is almost unrecognizable beneath the bruises and the wounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, make a perception check. Everyone or just him? Everybody, yeah. Can we take a 20? Do we have some time to really look at this? Or... Nayari's looking for any sign from her... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to click that twice. Take the first one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, she's looking for any sign of anything from her dream. She's looking for... 
the direction that the person was going to Feindar. I yep. think it's too far for her to see any specific bodies, but she's just looking for any sign that what she dreamt was true. Yeah, you can uh, interrupt the action if you want to, Jason. I'm not sure how much time we're going to get, but I, I see Aiden just gaining this like crystal focus. You know, he's not he's not just looking around. He's not just checking to see if there's anything useful. He's peering over every detail. Um, like I said, he's burning images in his mind now. Theros. This is just fuel for the fire kind of thing. Theros would just approach the body and just kind of close the eyes of the person, whoever it was that, that passed, and just offering like kind of last respects. Theros doesn't even notice there is a body. <laughs> or I'm sure we would Orin. point it out. <laughs> Orange just doesn't even notice. I'm wandering aimlessly at the creek bed. Well, to be fair, it's a DC five probably to notice the body, probably higher than notice anything else. No, it's a DC fifteen. <laughs> oh, actually, that's much higher than I thought. This is not to notice the body. This is to notice things on the body. Uh, got you. So well, I take twenty six for mine. You guys are looking around. You're making sure to to really focus on these on these details, and you notice that the wounds on the body came from some sort of weapon, very consistent with the hobgoblin weapons that you have seen. You see a, a broken black fingernail like a hobgoblin's in one of the injuries. Um, does anybody have heal? I do. Okay, so roll a heal. Y'all keep describing. I'll be right back. That's not very good. Oh, man, bad roll. I also have heal. That didn't mean to do that. Ah, spellcraft, yes. It's <laughs> trying to click away from it. Ah, thank you. Okay. Orin, That'll do. Orin, you're you're examining this body and you can tell that the none of these injuries were fatal. Uh they were all shallow and carefully placed to cause the most pain and slow death possible. Nayari, as you're looking over this body, you can tell this is the woman that you were. It must be that she didn't hear your warning, approached the bridge and realized too late, fled a couple hundred feet into the forest and was cut down and tortured to death. When she realizes that, Nayari will take a few steps. She's probably going to go 15, 20 feet away if she can, and she just throws up against a tree. She can't process all of this. And, and Aiden, as you're looking at this body, you recognize this person. It's hard to tell, but with your perception check, you're realizing this body is of Gilida Dravenich. She was a resident of Grisseldown. You knew her. She was a she would primarily hunt uh, using snare traps and, and such. Nothing. She wouldn't do like big game. It was mostly small game that she hunted for. But you knew her. She would every couple months. She would go to Feindar to trade some things, kind of similar to how you would. Um, but she is there, just barely recognizable. What's her name? Gilida Dravenich. I'll spell it here. Gilida. He'll chime up. I know this woman. She 
she was like me and also lived at Crystaldown. And as he's looking over the body, she was very kind. She would cook me rabbit stew and would always greet me. I didn't know her well, but she was kind to everyone and to strangers and... The gods are real. Who among them would let this happen? She was the one I saw in my dream. I don't know any god that exists that could let something like this happen. She didn't die well. Aiden gives like a glance to Orin to see how he reacts to that. Aiden, did you say she's from Gristledown? Yes. Then if she was captured, then it may be safe to assume the enemy knows about the village. And that might be yes. the next target. Or we may be too late. Either way, time is not on our side, and if we don't want if we don't want to see any more scenes like this, we need to be diligent. We should head back uh. to camp. Does Gilida worship anyone, or does she have any holy symbols on her? Um, she never carried any holy symbols on her. She would, you know, mention how she would occasionally send a prayer to various deities, Erastal, Gozra, Desna. Um, she wasn't overly religious, but, you know, just like, you know, occasionally, like, if there was a really good hunt, she'd be like, oh, thank Erastal, or just like stuff right. like that. Same as me. Got them casual face going. Yep. Pretty pretty common for Grizzledown folk. Pretty pretty common. And uh, as you guys are looking this over, we can just say that uh, this this uh, occurs, unless unless when I say it, you think it definitely wouldn't happen. But uh, would anybody be looking at what she has on her? You can see that she still has. Uh, her backpack and it's still filled with some things in it. It doesn't look like they took anything from or looted their body, the, the body of the person that they chased yeah. down. When I was looking for holy symbols, he will have also okay. gone through her so stuff. So <laughs> you do that and we'll say that Orin or Theros or somebody uh, cast Detect Magic and you notice that this is a magical backpack. Inside you find a bear trap, a climber's kit, I should probably go slower so that the person writing this down can... You're good. Down. Keep going. Bear trap, climber's kit, uh, four days' worth of rations, two water skins, and animal skins worth 150 gold. That is a lot of animal skins. That's wow. very heavy. Yeah. Is that... she, had a, she had a good haul just before making it to Thandar. I was just say, is oh. that furs? Like, the like in, from the ultimate equipment? Like, is that literally just the entry furs? Uh, it just says animal skins 
mostly small game probably, but she might have had something a little bit bigger if it fell for her snare trap. Okay. Um, and uh, you guys can roll spellcraft on the other thing, the magical backpack, if you wish. I only ask because it's very heavy, and it also does actually have a mechanical bonus. Jasper has a few on him. He probably would have left him at camp. I also had a haul of furs that I spent some of my starting cash on. You're welcome, Jace. I commit to my flavor. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're not able to figure out what this is. You know that it is a magical backpack, and the, uh, it's it's just a little bit outside of your current understanding. Rangers get spells someday, right? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Do you have a rank in spellcraft? I, too, am like Niari. He doesn't know spells yet, so why would he have a rank in it? Okay. So, yeah, you have this clearly magical backpack. You could tell that it is a, a, a magic of conjuration, um, but that's about the extent that you are able to identify at the moment. Can we infer or make a guess? Or, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have that thought. I think Josh would have that thought. Yeah, I'm going to say at the moment you're not sure. Yep. So I don't uh, notice anything funny as I pull stuff out of the bag? No, it's pretty normal. It looks like she just had her normal stuff, and they caught her, and it looks like they didn't even care what she had on her. And it was just, oh, somebody found the town. We got to silence them. And uh, they did in the probably the harshest way that they know how. I say they did more than silence her. I think Theros might be accurate. God knows they could have, you know, extrapolated information, tortured her. This isn't just, hey, you can't know what happened here. They know people got away. This is, yeah, this is more. Yep. So uh, what next? Where are you guys going? If there's it, nothing else that we noticed. Going back to camp. There's nothing else in this particular area that you notice, no. Um, I think that we need to go to Kristen, 100%. And can I take a geography or intelligence check to determine the fastest position? That like I've been to Gristle Down before, and Kining would have told us the route she took to get to the den. Um, yep. Can I infer if a straight line is going to be faster for us, or if we go around back through the path that she knows about? A uh, straight line north, you mean? Yeah. Like, do you mind if I go ahead and count the hexes? Basically. I mean, you can. You definitely know that it would be. It would take a little bit longer going straight will, north. Yeah, I will say that like the route I took is one of one of these kinds of things like it it does kind of loop around a little bit because yep. that's why that's why i stumbled across the the well-traveled route actually kind of yep. goes around a little bit it would take longer to go straight north most likely yeah i think i think it would too i didn't do the full math but i'm guessing off the top of my head is that about right Best you can tell, probably. Six. So that would be 12 hexes of movement. And then 13 that way. Versus, probably. Versus 
How much movement did we have left, or did we just get here? We, we have, have two, two hexes left. left. One, two, three, four, five, six. We could go yeah. back to the farm and rest at yeah. the farm. Yeah, it's gonna, be. it's gonna, it's gonna be much faster to go the route, yeah. the well-traveled route, anyway. Okay, so we head back to the farm to rest then. We can make both trips in a day, but it is faster. Please tell me the swarm isn't back there. <laughs> okay. Jason, start? What's sorry, can we? Would we get an idea that the screaming was coming from what happened to Gilida, or would we think that so, that's something in addition? I'm curious this? about the other you, man. Too. You know him. that um, from what you heard. Uh, what they told you is that they heard screaming on the first day was a man, second day was a woman. Um, you don't know if that is mentioning Gilida or not. Actually, you would be pretty aware. Gilida is pretty far from your camp. They probably wouldn't have heard her. Um, whoever these screams are, are from are closer to camp. Could even be one of these hexes that you've already explored but it happens at a specific time each night these past two nights. Boo! Boo! Is it something happening did, at the farm every night? I would say, did we not hear it the night we spent at the farm? You did not hear it at that night, no. Well, maybe we'll hear it tonight. I don't want to hear it tonight. I want to hear it tonight. Josh Allen does. Iden does not. Iden Sarah does wants, not. wants to kill a lot of people. As you guys make your way back to the farm, you make it about a mile into the forest. Boo. Everybody roll a perception check. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at well, all. Are you are you having fun in your in your power, Jace? Do you look down from your heaven that you created? Why am I unable world? to perceive everything? Is <laughs> my height? Like what is it? Yeah, your bonus is only one lower than mine. Like, is it my height? I don't understand. <laughs> Roll twenty has something against dwarves and perception. Yeah. So as, as long as it's are... not stone. <laughs> as you guys are walking into the forest, uh, Theros, you actually hear this. You hear movement coming in your direction, and you kind of hold up a hand. And as you do, into your path comes sprinting a human man, and. Theros, you notice this. You kind of step to the side as he kind of runs, almost about to collide into you. And as you step aside, uh, the lowest perception is Orin. So he just collides right into Orin. <laughs> I just imagine Orin at the back ahead, and all of us just take a step aside. Yeah, <laughs> one by one, you all step aside, and he just—you <laughs> can see that he's looking over his over his shoulder, a terrified expression in his in his eyes as he just collides right into Orin. Um, and he, he he's just he's, he doesn't say anything he, he, he looks like he, as, as he stands up from after the collision he kind of looks around and he sees you and he like he like jumps like he, a visible like startled like whole body like like shocking jump and then he uh, you get the sense that he's probably going to sprint away from you immediately uh, what do you guys do I'll, I'll try to calm him down and say well, well, we're not here to hurt you What's what's going on? Are you all right? Okay, roll diplomacy. Sorry, pal. This one's going to be unaided for your good friend Aiden. Is anybody else going to aid, or is it just him? Um, yikes! It's not mandatory. 
Sorry, I'm just playing my character, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nayari will try to aid. What's going on? It's fine. They, we, we're we here now. You're safe. Just tell us what's happening. Okay, roll to aid. Yeah, oh, that's good. So, so many nat 20s on stuff that is stupid. With a DC 15. Which you oh, just man. make with the aid. Um, he, he he kind of calms down just a little bit, and he's like, he's like breathing heavily. It looks like he's been sprinting for a while, and he says, "They're coming." And uh, as he says that, Sarah, you hear more footsteps coming, and you look behind you, and you see two hobgoblins have come sprinting after this man. Everybody, roll for initiative. Yes! You so, back. real you quick, they're back. coming from the direction of Feindar, or they're coming from the direction we were going? It's kind of an offshoot from Feindar, so like, okay. uh, if you guys are... So there if this go, happened Jason. while you guys are in this location, he came sprinting kind of from over here to the south. Okay. Justin got tackled, so he's like, I'm ready! I'd already, yeah, I'd already like, pulled out my weapon because I was angry at this guy, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, I do believe this is a weapons job. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe this is a weapons drawn encounter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Are you telling me I got a nat one for the first combat and I get a two on the second? <laughs> is it a, a weapons drawn encounter, Josh? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it to me. Did you see me gesturing like, hey, man, I just, I don't want to interrupt this, this moment, but I totally have my bow out right now. Uh, the joke is it doesn't matter for me because it could put you off, Go ahead and put yourselves there as I find the tokens for this. Um, yeah, guys, it's going I'm going to take a quick pause. Yeah, we can, we can take a little, little take five. Take five, yeah. So what would make logical sense for this guy running into Orin, I guess, for me to be, like, right he here? Yeah, that's fine. I don't even like how this guy looks. Was he running from this direction or this direction? He would have come running from probably over here. I'm still on the wrong tool. Since over Burtis. here in the woods. Oh, oh over okay. there in the woods? Yep. So we'll say I was... I kind of see him like ranging from the side, so he probably just ran between Theros and I. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why Theros, but your your token always comes in diagonal or something. Um, yeah, I don't see him like in the center of the path. I mean, I see him like skirting the edge. Screen. You spin me right round, yeah. Right around. When we go down, well, for taking five, my mother messaged me, and she does have priority in my life. For so taking I'm five, take I'm going to go grab an ice cream sandwich. Okay, never mind, we're good. <laughs> ice, ice cream sandal. sandwich. <laughs> okay, she just said awesome. Hey, guys, I want you all to know my mom called me awesome, so. Aww. She's not wrong. She isn't. She isn't. I appreciate that. Thank Mothers you. Mothers usually are also, wrong. It's also a lie. She said the situation was awesome, but I don't think I don't think there's a need for the discernment. Like, nope. No. I think it extends. Yeah. 
Mother's love always extends. Nayari is about to get some sweet, sweet revenge. The only oh, thing is, like, in my mind, it plays a certain way, and then the roles can just squash any sort of vision you had in your mind for combat. In my mind, can she this get? Is good. Can Nayari get like a, just a revenge bonus right now? <laughs> just a revenge. To all my thing. attacks. Well, I was going to ask, um, for this situation, um, we saw this guy running, and he said he was being chased, and then Theros noticed people. Uh, there is or isn't a surprise round? There's not going to be a surprise round. Okay. I didn't think so, but I didn't want to assume, you know, because that'd be not my territory. That's yours. Oh, benevolent master of the game, which we have. Thank you for yep. your generosity, Jason. <laughs> Many blessings upon you. May you live forever. If death should come, may it be swift and without pain and bring you to a better afterlife than this one. So, did somebody leave or are we all still here? I, We're all still here. I'm back. Okay, Justin okay. is here, question mark? I don't think yes. so. Yes. Yes, he is. Okay. I'm here. So, we can just jump right into this combat. There's only these two hobgoblins, so clearly this will go over very quickly. Two hobgoblins at the moment, Jason. We understand you. One's There's a different token. Two of them. Yeah, one's a special one. So, first up is the Hobgoblin, who rolled a 20 on the initiative. He sees you guys and just yells out, uh, screams out in Goblin, and charges at the closest person. Let me just roll for that. Evens, Theros, Odds, Aiden. Darn it, I don't speak Goblin anymore. He's going to charge at Theros. Wrong choice. That's very bad. And make one attack against flat-footed Theros AC. More it's not a great roll, but he is charging. That's a total of a 12 to hit against your flat-footed. Which is 12. No, is oh. it really? Mm-hmm. So it hits. Curses. Fantastic. So you take... Oh man, nine points of damage oh, from his longsword. Jeez. And it Jeez. is Oren's turn. Yeah, boy. <laughs> if, I the, if I was a real jerk, I'd have Oren spend his move action to stand up. But I'm to stand that. up. Yeah. <laughs> the encounter did not no. say he was prone. It was flavor prone. Into. It was flavor prone, just like the spider bite. Every prone is flavor prone. Nayari was actually prone in the spider fight. She went face planted prone, I thought. No, that was all flavor. Is it an attack of opportunity to get here? Um, Against me? Where did you start out? I started out down here. Oh, actually, maybe no. Move through Nayari and Aiden's space and then diagonal into that one if you wanted, so you could get there. Yeah, she's right. Excuse me, pardon me. Coming through. Go up on a mission. Pardon me. <laughs> Get some water real quick while he's doing that. I'm just ducking under people's legs as I run. <laughs> I don't think we're that tall. <laughs> I don't think you're that short. Um, And then... I'm gonna take a swing at him. I haven't got to okay. swing in a while. I want to swing. Uh, and make an attack roll. I've been practicing so many weird voices for various Ooh. characters I intend to play. Oh, good lord. That is a uh, sweet, uh, sweet natural one. 
So now occasionally, though, my voice will just kind of like go into a random accent I, I didn't mean to do. And it's really <laughs> weird, especially when it happens at work. Oh, look at so, that hit. Oren, Oren runs up and does a solid hit on a nearby tree trunk. <laughs> and Theros, it is your turn. Uh, I guess um, so tell Volus to flank is going to be an attack of opportunity, right? Nope. Uh, he can five foot step into this and flank with, uh, with Oren. You wouldn't get the flank, but he no. would. Then, uh, then yeah, I'll have Volus do that. Okay. Well, actually, first, I'm going to cast Acid Maw on him. Yes. Okay. You should take you... the full compliment of your turn before you have Volus go. Do you do that from where you're standing? Um, I'm going to take a five foot step. Okay. I thought you might. <laughs> I thought you might. Thank you. So you step back, cast Acid Maw. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, I guess, direct Volus to attack from here. Okay. Volus steps up, makes his attacks. Acid Maw does... Acid Maw. Uh... I'll pull up the spell. You oh. do the rolls. Oh, I got to pull up his information. I forgot I don't have oh, his man, window. This is, this is, this is going to suck. <laughs> don't say that got, uh, hopefully it'll be good rolls for him no, I'm just for my, my persistent damage ah, oh my gosh that's pretty fuck. good All right. this is not going to be cool oh maybe, maybe it won't be so bad okay uh, one of those did hit the 18 it says for 4 damage and then the spell uh, your animal committed bite does an additional 1d4 points of damage. And Duration another of one level. on the next round and continues for a number of rounds. So roll a d4 for the uh, uh, initial acid damage. Uh, no, because it was the bite attack and the bite missed. Oh, oh it has to be the bite? That's yes, what it sir. says. Right, that makes sense. Never mind. As, because in the name it says ma, which means, you know. It's not as bad as I thought. No, no, okay. no, no. It's acid claw. Oh, oh, That's you know what? That's what it cast. It's acid yeah. natural attacks. I was <laughs> on D20. Let me check the archives of Nethys real quick. You know how sometimes they change the names yeah. for legal reasons? <laughs> oh, yeah. It does say claw over here, actually, yeah. in the it's official text. Acid maw or claw. Yeah, you well, it pick. actually says that an animal <laughs> companion's natural attacks oh. deal. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it says. Nayari, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> did the claw hit? Oh, yeah, the claw hit. Oh, it, did, it did the four damage. Oh. I marked off the four damage there. All right. I can't believe he didn't fall for that one, guys. Reaction rage. I thought you said three action rage. I'm like... No, rock system. Ooh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a steep rage action economy right there. <laughs> Could Three you imagine if it was like rage. a full round action and a standard action on your magic turn for casting time? That would be insane. And Destined Strike. Wow, she really Ooh, And right. She's mad. Is she doing the cool thing she didn't do last time? Huh? I don't. Nah, that's situational. Uh, I don't think I can charge, actually. Sure you, can. no, you cannot charge, but you can mm-hmm. step up to him. Oh, yeah, you're right. Rats. She, she, yeah, she kind of can't. Um, she definitely can't. Yeah. She, because she would provoke? Or because five, she 
foot feet away. And oh, you can't charge there. You have to charge ten feet. This. Right. Mm. One attack. Ah, See what I mean? You want to do cool stuff that would have a plus if, nothing if on action. You were flanking. Boss. Um. Yeah, that does not hit his normally see. It would have hit touch or flat-footed, though. It's trash. So you go to swing, and uh, he kind of blocks it with his shield. And that is your turn. <clears throat> Next up, it is this other dude, the scout's turn. <clears throat> you see in the scout's hands are a battle axe and a hand axe. And annoyingly, he is... Not five feet away to make two attacks. That super sucks. <laughs> For him. Yeah. So he's going to uh, he's going to drop those. And he's going to pull out his longbow, and he is. Wait, let me just check his feats here. No precise shot. He's not going to do that. He's just going to do one attack. He's going to walk up here and do one attack. So with his battle axe against Orin, that is going to be. Yeah, he's not going to risk getting into flanking position. That's a cocked. And uh, that's only a 14 to hit. Nope. Okay, so he goes up and he swings and misses. Aiden, your turn. Curses. Um... Sorry, I'm just trying to think. Because I can't take a full... I don't have more than one attack, so I can move freely, I think. Sorry, my character shift did the dumb thing again. You can move. Yep. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. But he threatens, so once again... Lacking the skills, he is going to do one of those and yeah, drop. Okay. <laughs> what you laughing out there? Uh, it's like a, it's like a zoop zoop. <laughs> yeah. Um, free action, drop the bow, and uh, we'll we'll put it in that square as part of okay. the movement. Same, same. Same all, same all. Never get to use the bow because I don't have precise shot. So that's why the scout didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that might be my very next feat investment. Um, so we'll go ahead and roll with the uh, grace work. Power attack and everything. Yeah, power attack and everything. Ooh, shame. That is a miss against this creature because you're not flanking, and it is the creature's turn. Mm-hmm. The creature yep. really wanted to step into that space. I know. I bet he did. To get flanking. <laughs> I bet he did. I know. I know. I understand um, the situation. He is going to, instead, realizing that flanking is not really an option anymore, he's going to step up here and take an attack against Volus. Let me get his stuff out. So he is not. Um, okay. He's not flanking. Uh, no, there's only a seven to hit. That's a miss. Oren, you're up again. Hmm. 
I'm. I will five foot step over here, chase him down, and take another swing. A 19 will hit for yeah. seven damage. Yeah, he's buddy. Looking, he's looking pretty rough. He's still up, though. He's, but he's taken quite a bit of beating. Theros and Volus, it is your turn. All right. One second. I'm not doing so hot on the playlist tonight. Here we go. <laughs> this is better. All right. It just wasn't exciting enough of an encounter to be worth the music, that's all. <laughs> I was so engrossed in it, I forgot. And I, I was too. Down. It was good. I actually um, also am engrossed. I think that... Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I do enjoy combat, but I think that um, I've really come to enjoy the flow of combat in the past couple of sessions that we've had um, because there's no corridors. <laughs> Visions of Rise of the Rune Lords. Because <laughs> you, you can actually play the game the way it's intended, I think. <laughs> Suddenly all of the forests have corridors. Um, so, yeah, so Theros and Volus. Yeah, what's this one carrying again, weapon-wise? He has a long sword and a shield. And this one's carrying two axes, a great axe, a battle axe and a hand axe? Battle axe and a hand axe, yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, this is the one that's hurt? Yes. Yes. And All yourself. Right. Yes, so I see that. So I'm going to uh, have uh, Theros cast Burning Disarm on this. Ooh. Oh, that. I like I that. I thought about taking that at my last mm. prepared, and I was like, you know, I'm going to hold off this time. But it sounds I like it's going to be a saving throw. Sounds like a saver suck. I will pull it up right now. What is the hobgoblins. Oh, he's got, it. he's got it. Oh, these guys have a reflex save, I guess. Yeah, it's an eight. That is a fail. Yes. So, well, no, actually, you might not want. Well, okay. To instantly become red hot, a creature holding the item may attempt a reflex save to drop it and take no damage, even if it is not their turn. Otherwise, the hot metal deals 1d6 fire damage for a caster level. Circumstances that prevent the creature from dropping the item, such as a locked gauntlet, mean the creature gets no saving throw. Holy cow, that's bad. Oh, man. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, the heat does not harm the item, and it does not get hot enough to last long enough to ignite the flammable objects. The item cools to its previously temperature almost instantly. The cast into the water, the burning dinosaur. Okay, so he just doesn't drop it and takes damage. Yeah, he's he's not going to attempt to drop it. He is trained enough to know that if he drops his weapon, he's as good as dead. So he takes 2d4 fire damage. Okay, so I'll roll two. Oops, nope, that's a question mark. Or unintended metal. So I think that is meant to mean you can't choose armor for some reason. Probably not, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So he, he, he's there with his weapon, and it go, starts glowing hot, and he's like holding on to it. He's refusing to let go, and you can just see that the pain gets to him, and he passes out. <laughs> he, had, he had six hit points left. 
Who wait, was chasing him? Small guy. Wait, who was no, chasing him? I used it on this guy, this guy, not on this guy. Oh, you used it on that guy. Well, let me look yeah. at what his reflex save is. His reflex save is significantly better. Oh, okay. shoot. <laughs> um, so what happens if they pass? They drop their weapon. They drop their weapon. Okay. So they either drop the weapon or take damage. Uh, he also wouldn't drop the weapon. So Okay, so this guy's still up. That guy... Took damage but did not pass out. Okay, I misunderstood who was being cast upon. <laughs> I was he did he did ask at the beginning, is this this was the one that took damage, he said. And then he chose to do yeah, this one. Chose the one that yeah, in my head I thought, Oh, he's targeting he asked if that one was damaged because that's the one he was going to I was confused. Okay. Nope. Yep. Nope. So seven damage against this guy. This guy still so they're both still up. This guy took the damage, still has his weapons in hand. Okay. So that is Theros's turn. Yep, you can move five foot step or command and or command Volus, I should say. I'm going to uh, have Volus. Oh yeah, Volus's turn. It's kind of like when you're playing Divinity and you see your characters have got your own musical instrument. I think uh, Acid Maw would still be in play too. Absolutely. Yep. Duration a minute per level. So. Yeah. So he's going to attack this goblin again. Okay. Least one from on the bite attack. Okay, so again, only one of those are going <laughs> to hit. His claws again, the middle claw attack, dealing five damage. Okay, that one is looking incredibly rough, but he's barely holding on. <laughs> barely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that would make it Nayari's turn. Once again, don't forget the five foot step you can do, Andrew. And it is nice. Yes. To like pull something out of your inventory is a standard action or a full round action, right? It is a move action. Uh, depends. That's true. On what too. the item is, there are items that allow you to pull stuff out as a move action. If it's something stowed away in your backpack, it's probably going to be like a full round action, I think. But mm. they, you do have. It's assumed. I don't know what you have in your inventory, but if you do have a bandolier, it's one of those like it doesn't actually make a mechanical difference, but it might make a difference in a GM's call if you could retrieve it or not. Mm, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Because I... retrieving a potion is a move action, correct? Yes. I think the assumption there is that it is on like an easy accessible pouch outside of your backpack. Yeah, see, I don't think this would be... Um, I think this would be in the bag. I don't think I want to take the time to get it out, so I'll just step up and try to hit this guy. Um, okay. I clicked so it. It. It, would be, and... it would be a move action, okay. Oh, would it? Yeah, I, I looked it up. I'm not changing my role. <laughs> yeah, that's I fine. <laughs> so you step up to him, and you swing down your battle axe, dealing mm. a heavy blow. Uh, he took some damage already, and that that brings him... He's, he's Just like the other guy, he's just barely holding on. And she screams, you bastard, I will kill you all! And she cuts him. Okay. <laughs> nice. Terrifying. 
It is it is his turn. Um, he is. They're both really rough. Yeah. <laughs> but Iron Fang soldiers fight to the death. That's what it says right there. That's what the Iron Fang do. He's going to do a full attack action against Nayari. So, Battle Axe. Nah, it's only an 11 to hit. Okay. Hand Axe. Yes. Sucker and Fang. 18 to hit. That hits. Okay. 18 so just the, hits, right? Mm-mm. I'm raging, so it's 16. Ah. With the Hand Axe, you take three points of damage. Using my temp <laughs> HP a little bit. Negative. Takes a five foot step back. And Aiden, it is your turn. You see that the the battle looks to be in your favor. What do you yeah, do? Not good enough. Uh, if I charge, will I provoke from that guy on the left? No, no. Okay, I'm gonna charge. Get that plus two in there. So add two okay. to this. Okay, that is a hit for enough damage to bring the one HP creature to negative fifteen. Yeah. So he dies instantly. Oh, assuming yeah. he has a con score of less than fifteen. He, um yeah, he's dead. He's very dead. Yeah. So um seeing him try to attack Nayari and succeed, she did take three damage after all. Uh he's going to rush to the aid and charge right through and boom down with the gray sword. You know, that boom is important. <laughs> yeah. And he goes down like a sack of potatoes, yeah. as many people like to describe it. Yeah. Like the sack of potatoes he is. <laughs> like the inanimate object he is. The rock. The excuse for a human... Not even a human being. A sentient life. <laughs> the remaining hobgoblin is going to step aside again, and he's going to take another swing at Volus. Ooh, ooh, that's a 19 to hit for eight points of damage against Volus. That's not insignificant. Hmm. Oren, it's your turn. It's this last guy, and he's on his last legs. What are you going to do? Uh, move up here. Smite him. Smitey smiter. Smiter. Okay. And... Give him the old Warhammer. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, is a miss. Whatever. My you life. To, you you <laughs> yank the. Uh, you you are still kind of getting it out of the tree trunk, and you're <laughs> off balance as you go to swing, and you swing wide. Theros, it's you and Volus, just this last guy. Um, would moving here put uh, provoking? Attack of opportunity. Nope. All right, then You're I'll good. do that to uh for Theros's action. I'm gonna have him attack. Okay. And uh, I can attack. still control Volus if his attack fails. Right. That's because it's free yeah. action. Okay. Yep. That is going to hit. Finally, and a melee had. He had one hit point, so he goes down into the negatives, and is. Out. You yes. guys kind of take a second here, and it doesn't seem like anybody else is coming. It seems I like it's just those two. Definitely checking my surroundings, and then if not, 
he's going to come over and uh, could across this guy. Yep. It doesn't look like there was anyone else. It was just these two that were chasing this guy. <laughs> might have been the most Although, actually, maybe I don't. I have second had. thoughts about that. Maybe I don't perform coup de grace. He's about to. And I think he thinks better of it. We haven't talked to anyone from the Legion at all. So we technically have been in the dark this whole time. And uh, I think he's going to ask the party if he should kill him or not. He says... Aiden says, we should show him mercy. No, that's not at all what I say. No, 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 no. We should no, let no. him go. Nope, Nayari no. steps up and chops this guy's head off. Ah, he was the leader one. Oh, oh he was already dead. He was, he oh. was, he was, yeah, he was dead. Yeah, he was dead. Okay. Yeah, so he's pausing and kind of like, as Theros and Orin around him, and he'll be like, I aim to kill him, but we could ask for information. And he'll look at the two of them. Oh, forget it. And he's just going <laughs> to put across. Okay. I think he's out of patience for it. Yeah. Okay. You could grab him and he dies. Good. He did have a moment of hesitation, so I think he knows better, but I think he's just mad and over it. Um, great. I don't think after witnessing the village, any of us are going to stop. No. You know, the, no, the if murder you were, of If you weren't going to do it, she was yeah. going to do it. So Yeah, no, exactly. It's only a matter it's, of time. It's a shame because it would be nice to learn what's going on. But I also right. think it, at the moment, definitely in character, he's just too filled with hate. <laughs> yeah. Like, I agree. Like, Justin agrees. Like, yeah, we'd be really cool to take one and, like, interrogate it. But... I don't think in this moment we would do that. I think that Aiden would have Aiden would have the composure to be like, maybe we should, but I don't think that it would be like an option he'd truly entertain. <laughs> it would just be like, mm, yeah, that would be better, but <laughs> we come back to camp with a hobgoblin. <laughs> that would go for really well. Yeah. Okay. So you guys finish up the hobgoblins here. What do you do? Checking his body for intel. You guys are doing that. I'm gonna check in on uh, this. I was gonna say his old knucklehead still around. (laughs) Aw, this poor traumatized guy. So real quick, Nayari on him. You see, you know the general stuff that all these hobgoblins have. This guy also had one potion of cure light wounds and three provision points on his person. Okay. But other than that, both him and the other guy, the rest of their equipment is just like you know their mundane weapons, armor, like a backpack, bedroll, stuff like that. And one provision point is 10 pounds? Yes. Oh boy. Oops. Oh uh, man. I can carry some stuff if needed. And if points. we go back, I don't mind being encumbered, but Yeah, know. you're on your way back. You you're not you're actually very close to the farm right now. This happened only like maybe a oh, quarter of a right. mile from the farm. That's right. So do you guys talk so to him here yes. or are you talking on your way to the farm or what, what's the plan? I, I, I have to hold up a second. I'm trying to think I, if Aiden would do something or not and thinking it through. There might be something I want to do here, but you guys can keep talking. Theros would first check in with this guy to see if he's hurt. 
you can see on his person he does have some cuts and scrapes on him. I can actually blow up his image here a little bit. That's what he looks like. You can see bags under his eyes, kind of like bloodshot eyes. His clothing is tattered, and his hair is kind of pulled back, but it's like wavy and whatnot. And he's very unkempt. And um, you can see that he he does have scrapes on him, probably not from being uh, slashed, but maybe from like running through like branches and stuff. Just general. Uh, those types of small sure. cuts and such. I think the first thing we need to do is sense motive. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> just to I will allow with sense motive, but talk to him first. Theros is going to talk to an asshole. He's working with him. Yeah, so he, <laughs> as, you, as you go over next to him, he's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I, I've been running around aimlessly in these woods for days now i don't even know how long it's been oh thank you so much and he just kind of like takes and catches a breath uh he has not given a name oh, okay yet. well i ask him his name and then ask him has he has he eaten does he need any water or food he says uh, my name is edrin and yes if you have water or food i would i would gladly take it so theros uh, removes uh, his uh his trail ration one trail ration and uh water um, Volus and uh, and offers it to him. Okay. And he just sure. ravenously starts eating and drinking what you give him. <laughs> and once he finishes, like he kind of continues, like you ask him like, who he is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, Yes, uh, sorry, proper introductions. My name is Edrin. I'm I'm a Talden traveler. I was coming through Feindar during the fi- during the market festival, and then oh, the craziness happened. It was attacked. I was running through the streets. It was chaos. People dying left and right. And then he kind of like pauses for a second. He's like, I was making it over the bridge, and I saw a bugbear literally tearing a person apart. And he says, I haven't slept since the screams. I hear them all the time. And he just starts like half breaking down as he's describing this visage of him seeing a bugbear just tear someone apart before his eyes as he was fleeing. Yeah. So while this is going on, I have made a decision. While they go start talking to him, um, Aiden is going to pull out um, some rope that is tied to an arrow that he has on him. And he's going to cut it. How tall is the nearest tree? Uh, He's going to give himself 15 feet of rope to work with kind of thing. Uh, so he'll cut it there kind of thing, and he'll go through this hobgoblin and see what supplies it has, and then once he's looted the corpse, he is going to make work of tying a noose, and is going to go start tying it over the tree while they are talking. Okay. And when he talks about a bugbear, <laughs> um, he'll kind of chime out, like, we've all seen terrible things, and throws it up catches the rope on the other side and starts pulling it up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nayari's trying to hide the body and camouflage it under leaves and she looks and well, I guess we're not trying to be discreet about this then. And he th- throws another <laughs> loop and starts tying at his. I don't see the point. <laughs> I mean, the point is protecting people but Okay. She's too tired. It's she's after 
raging. She's really tired, so she doesn't care really. Mm. Hiding carves into the tree. Hobgoblins go home. <laughs> I'm over like, what kind of mafioso kind of <laughs> stuff is this? Good look. Like they send one of ours to the hospital, we send two of theirs to the morgue nonsense is this. <laughs> the one of the goblin leaders wakes up in the morning and there's a horse head in his bed. He's like, oh right. <laughs> Godfather star. Actually isn't there a TV show that did that? Like with the giant horse head that just ends up in That the was bed? in the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. It is Godfather. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. So what are you guys? So Nayari is is over there. Aiden's over there. What are you guys doing? Uh, we need to get somewhere safer. Who knows what else is out here? We can continue this conversation once we get to the farmhouse. Aiden, uh, was it? Edrin. Edrin, yeah. you sh- we have a band of survivors at a camp in the middle of the woods. You should you should come with us. We'll help keep you safe. His eyes kind of go wide, and he's like, yes, survivors. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I, I've been just aimlessly walking around here for days. I have no idea where I'm going in this forest. If you guys if you guys have survivors, I'd please take me there. So right, yeah. Head we'll, back uh, to the farm, then? We'll take you there. You'll be fine. Just start walking Should, in this direction. He, see, he seems a bit... Um, <laughs> over the top about uh, the survivors. Does anybody want to do a um, sense? sense motive? <laughs> yeah, if you guys want a sense motive, go I'm, ahead. I'm going to. Oh, nuts. Nairi wasn't paying attention to the conversation, and I also, I lost her. Where is she? Here Sarah she is. knows what's up. Okay, so um, both Oren and Theros can tell as you're having this conversation with them and whatnot, um, the wounds he has received, they do not look fake. Um, as he was describing the the scene of him witnessing a bugbear tearing someone apart, his fear, as he describes the um, the the dying screams still haunting him, all of that seems completely genuine. He looks like he's totally freaked out. Um, his eyes widening and whatnot. When you mention survivors, uh, again, it it sounds genuine that he has been out here alone for a while (laughs) and it seems like he is surprised that anybody is alive and so when you say oh we have survivors he's like what and so he seems all of his reactions seem genuine it doesn't it you don't get the sense that he's hiding poison you've made us wary of everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had to check don't trust him (laughs) burn me once shame on me burn me twice yeah, I mean, you can you can tell like he looks kind of shifty just because like again bags under his eyes, bloodshot eyes. Right. Like he probably hasn't actually slept in days. <laughs> so well, then we we have him accompany us to the farm, I guess. Okay. Yep. You guys make it to the farm, and uh, you get there, and uh, you're you're setting up a campfire, getting ready for the night, um, and uh, maybe making conversation with him, and he. He continues to explain how, you know, he came to Feindar for the festival and he actually had a room at the Taproot Inn. Um, and he was in the room when the attack happened. And uh, as he heard, like, the initial uh, attack go off, he, like, looked out his window, saw the craziness. He saw hobgoblins rushing through the front door of the inn and he just bailed out the window and made a run for it. And he's just kind of been in the forest 
just lost pretty much <laughs> for ever since that time. And it seems like recently he, he because he was lost, he ventured a little bit too close to Feindar again, ran into a, a, a small patrol of these two guys and got chased. Um, and as he's describing this, you guys are there listening. Everybody roll a perception check. I knew we shouldn't trust him. Where are we now? You're at the farm. Okay, as I say, the the ending of that, it, it makes a fairly macabre scene, although probably not nearly as so in that is President Feindar, but he does hang the body and kind of thing. Yep. I, Josh Allen, don't want to do that, but I, I do think Iden would. Am I so... If it helps, Justin, I have a, a 10 points in perception. <laughs> okay, so... Aiden and Theros, you hear this first, but Nayari also hears it after a little bit. From the, uh, I believe, north-east direction, you hear screaming. And where are we right now? You're currently at the farm. I haven't put you on the farm map, but you're at the farm. And you hear screaming while he's kind of talking. And... Theros, you notice this. The screaming is not that of a a man. It's not that of a woman. It is the sound of a child. That's bullcrap, Jason. I thought my character for the other game was dark. Goodness gracious. And we will see you next time. Oh, man. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the adventure as much as we did. If you'd like to watch these sessions performed live, be sure to find us on YouTube or follow us on Twitter at Mildly Heroic. <laughs> <laughs>